Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Alfordsford District Council Planning Committee meeting for the 10th of May. Apologies for the slight delay, but a bit of a technical hitch on the sound system. Um, before we start the proceedings, some housekeeping. Um, we're not expecting a fire drill, so if the bells ring, it's for real. So down through the double doors, assemble on the grass circle, and our fire marshals will take you to a place of further safety. All mobile phones should be switched to silent, please. Um, and uh, members, remember we are recording and broadcasting the meeting, so make sure your microphone is on if you want to be speaking. Now that's the housekeeping. Now a couple of house rules, if I may, please. We've got quite a large um, number of the public in today. Some of you may not be completely aware as to the procedure, so I'll just run through a couple of ground rules, if I may. What happens on every application is that our officer makes a presentation to the members and then there is opportunity for public speaking whereby either district councillors, town councillors or parish councillors, objectors and supporters can uh, have time at the table to make a representation and then finally the applicant or an agent for the applicant will also have um, an, an amount of time to put their case. Now, I'd like you to uh, bear in mind that you're going to hear things that you don't like and you're going to hear things that you might like. Either way, please try and refrain from uh, causing too much disturbance. This is a council meeting in public. It's not a public meeting. So um, you're all welcome to be here. People are putting points of view on people's behalves. Um, so let's just keep it calm and reasonable. Thank you very much. On that basis we can proceed. Any apologies for absence, Alistair? Uh, Councillor Davey and Councillor Rimes. Thank you very much. Uh, the minutes for the meeting on the 5th of April have been circulated. Uh, can I sign those as a true record? Thank you very much. Uh, matters of in uh, sorry, declarations of interest. I do apologise and miss those out. Yes, uh, members have a ruled in town council. Thank and you. Mr Chairman, I also convey the apologies for John Lodge, who couldn't be here today. Thank you very much. <coughs> Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, um, uh, Chairman. Uh, member of Saffron Warden Town Council, I am now also the Town's Mayor. That doesn't make any difference here. But I also happen to be, until the committees were dissolved, Chairman of the Planning Committee. Uh, in respect to the first case that we're dealing with today, I have been meticulous in not directing the committee as to its decisions and in not voting on any decisions that were taken. That's a matter of record, it's on the minutes. So for that reason I feel that I can justifiably remain in this committee for this case. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any other declarations, members? Okay, thank you. Now looking at the agenda, um, if the uh, people here for the Saffron Warden application could bear with us, um, we need to bring the faxed application to the front um, and turn that around um, because the officer has a pressing engagement later on which can't be missed and uh, it could be a long time before this is all gets complete. So we'll kick off with item four which is application 16-3255. It's an application for full planning consent in faxed and Mrs Denmark will make your presentation members. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, one point I'd just like to raise before I do the presentation. Um, having, with admin having gone through the representations that were still being um, submitted as late as yesterday, um, we have 
um, processed an additional 63 representation letters um, which haven't raised any new um, points other than those um, previously raised in the committee reports. The application site lies on the northwestern side of Thatstead and it's located at the western end of a cul-de-sac known as Little Maypole and to the north of Clare Court. To the north and west is, um, of the site is agricultural land. Um, there is some dispute as to whether there is an extant consent for a respite centre on the site. However, the recommend officer's recommendation in this case is based on the local plan policies and the national planning policy framework, which I will now call the MPPF. The site is currently overgrown and has fences to the boundaries. The proposal relates to the erection of nine market houses in the form of three blocks of three terrace dwellings. The mix of units would be three three-bedroom units and six four-bedroom units. So the three-bedroom units would be the middle ones of each block mm. and the four bedrooms would be the ones on the end. The dwellings are proposed to be constructed in a mix of traditional materials including plain tiles, stock brick and weatherboarding with black weatherboarding shown on the submitted drawings although the applicant has indicated a willingness to use cream boarding if planning permission is granted and that is preferred. Each unit has at least the minimum required garden size of 100 square metres and the parking requirements are met on site. Um, whilst this is largely provided for in the form of a, what is essentially a parking court, um, this is considered on balance to be acceptable, particularly as this would be provided in a location which would allow natural surveillance. Representations received have raised concerns with regards to the impacts on both the character of the landscape and the setting of heritage assets citing the appeal decision in respect of a larger Gladman development, and I should go back to this site, site here. Um, that appeal related to this land around the site. It did not include the application site itself. So that site extended down the side of the valley. This development is significantly different in character in that it relates to only nine dwellings and would not extend beyond the existing built form of Clare Court and would not extend into land currently in agricultural use. In terms of impacts on heritage assets, the Council's Conservation Officer advises that the proposals would not result in any adverse harm to any listed buildings, the conservation area or scheduled ancient monument. As the officer's report points out in paragraph 10.53, this scheme is significantly smaller in terms of size and scale than the scheme which was dismissed at appeal. In terms of impacts on the character of the rural area, the findings of Liz Lake Landscape Character Assessment are noted, but this document currently has no statutory standing as a material planning consideration. In paragraph 1035, the officer notes the concerns of the landscape officer. However, following an analysis of the proposal as a whole, as set out in paragraphs 1028 to 1035, it is considered that the proposals would not lead to a detrimental impact upon the open character of the Chelmer Valley and its sensitive relationship with the village. The access arrangements are considered to be satisfactory and no objections are raised by the Highway Authority. Similarly, no objections are raised in respect to ecological or flooding issues. The site lies outside the development limits and policy S7 has a presumption in favour of protecting the rural area from development. 
However, Policy S7 is only partially compliant with the MPPF, which has a more positive presumption in favour of sustainable development, particularly when there is no five-year land supply, which is the current situation in Uttersford. The officer's report in paragraphs 1017 to 27 set out the considerations in respect of sustainable development in accordance with the MPPF. It is concluded that the site offers economic and social benefits and there are no significant environmental concerns arising from the proposals and therefore the proposals represent a sustainable form of development. I will just show you some of the um, landscape and visual um, proposals, uh, slides that have been prepared in respect of the application. And you can see on the ridge there um, the existing development and then um, sort of grayed in there is the proposed development and the um, this which has been handed out by um, the residents is um, taken from this picture this um, shows it from the public footpath at the top adjacent to um, the main road and so you can see um, that the development would be sit here towards the rear of the site. This is taken part way down um, the footpath on the side of the field. Um, again, see it sitting there in the landscape. Oops. So as such, it's recommended that the application be approved in accordance with the recommendations set out in the agenda. As already stated, the applicant is willing to accept a condition requiring the use of cream weatherboarding if planning permission is granted and this is considered necessary. Thank you, Mrs. Denmark. Now, the first of our speakers on this is District Councillor John Freeman. I'm looking for him, but I can't see him. Okay, so he's not here. So the first speaker will then be Peter Neal. I've not got the Parish Council Chairman on my list, so step up, please, Mr. Fostick. Or Councillor Fostick, pick your pardon. Uh, you've got three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Councillors, <coughs> ladies and gentlemen. I am Terry Fostick, Chairman of the Thaxter Parish Council, and I thank you for allowing me to speak. I've been a parish councillor for nearly 20 years and lived in Thaxted all my life. Thaxted is a very special place. Many say the jewel and the crown of Uttlesford and arguably one of the most attractive villages in the, in the country. A medieval and Georgian nucleus set within a largely unspoiled rural environment. And to quote the poet Sir John Betjeman, there is no town in North Essex and very few in England to equal in beauty, compactness and juxtaposition of medieval and Georgian architecture the town of Thaxted. In order to preserve this environment and to ensure that any future development is of the right type in the right place and meets the needs of the local community, it was decided that Thaxted should formulate a neighbourhood plan. A steering group was set up representing a very broad cross-section of local community and work is well underway. It is a partnership effort involving the Parish Council, many local community groups and Uttlesford District Council. Peter Neill, its chairman, will go into more detail, but a lot has already been done, and conclusions are emerging 
as to where development could take place and where it should not. There are opportunities where we would welcome new housing within Thaxted and have indeed put forward well thought out sites in our emerging neighbourhood plan. But equally there are places where development will be too damaging to the historic environment or to the landscape or would not meet the needs of the local people and this site is such one. As a council, along with the community, we were dismayed, therefore, by the officer's report on this application. Despite the fact that this is the third attempt, the, the report still ignores completely the emerging conclusions of the neighbourhood plan, which strongly suggests that this type of development on this site would be wholly inappropriate. It also ignores many other factors, and I have asked Richard Hayes, the council's advisor on planning matters, to speak later on behalf of the council. He will provide a summary of some of the errors and inconsistencies in the officer's report and why it is that the conclusions are wholly wrong. I thank you, Mr Chairman, councillors, for allowing me to speak. Thank you, councillor. And now, uh, Peter Neal, please. And you have three minutes. Thank you. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Good afternoon, Mr Chairman, ladies and gentlemen. Um, my name is Peter Neal. I'm the Chairman of Thaxted Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group. Um, as Terry said, the steering group is well underway with the preparation of our neighbourhood plan. We've completed our evidence base and are now drafting our planning policies based on the evidence gathered. Our evidence base confirms that this development would have a harmful effect on the landscape of the Chelmer Valley. The officer in his recommendation acknowledges the importance of the Chelmer Valley landscape setting but without any evidence states that the proposal would only have limited harm in terms of visual impact on the character and appearance of this part of the countryside. Our evidence base includes a landscape character assessment prepared by Liz Lake Associates. The Liz Lake assessment analyses the land around Thaxton into parcels and assesses each parcel for its capacity to accept development. The report indicates that part of the application site, part of the application site and the land wrapped around the site is, a, is in a parcel of land that is one of the most sensitive and has a low capacity to accept any development, i.e. the proposed development will be environmentally harmful. The Lake report has been adopted as part of the UDC's evidence base for the emerging local plan. See UDC Planning Policy Working Group minutes at 28.11.16 Agenda Item 5. The Liz Lake conclusions are confirmed and reinforced by three points. First point, the UDC landscape officer has serious concerns about the harm this development would cause to the countryside. This is dismissed by the planning officer who states that the UDC landscape officer only has some concerns. Second point, at the appeal decision on the Gladden site, which includes part of this site and wraps around the site, the inspector states are unable to envisage or even a small number of houses could be acceptably located on the site. The third point, the Thaxted design statement adopted by the UDC as a supplementary document states the open arable land to the west of the B184 should be retained as it provides access to the Chelmer Valley and provides good views across the church. This has been ignored by the officer. The neighbourhood plan has wide, widespread support from residents of Thaxted and in a questionnaire all but 2% confirm they wish the neighbourhood plan to reflect the findings of the Liz Lake Specialist Report. Our evidence base for housing need in Thaxted also includes a survey carried out by the RCCE, 
and our residential questionnaire confirms public support for the findings of this. The finding is that the vast majority of residents consider that there should be a significantly higher proportion of one and two bedroom units rather than three and four bedroom units, as, in, as proposed in this application. The neighbourhood plan will be proposing sites suitable for housing developed in Thaxted, but the site in the present application is not one of them. In the preparation of the neighbourhood plan, we are grateful that the UDC has given us a great deal of support. We ask you to continue your support by rejecting this application. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr Neil. And the next speaker is Richard Haynes. Right. Who's going next then? Me. And you are? Tom Wilson. Uh, Tom Wilson. Okay, thank you. You've got three minutes, Mr Wilson. And Mr Chairman, thank you for letting me speak. This proposed development is not a sustainable development. Thaxted residents are aware of the current housing crisis and we agree that there is some need for affordable houses, uh, especially for first-time buyers and bungalows for older people wishing to downsize. We do, however, feel that these houses should be delivered in a sustainable way and we are very concerned that future development of the village should meet our needs and should be much more sympathetic than developments of recent years. We've been working hard to develop a neighbourhood plan and in doing so it has become clear that this application does not deliver any of the affordable housing or bungalows that Thaxted needs. The many letters of objection sent in response to this application also make that point clear. The MPPF states that planning should be a collective enterprise. It acknowledges that there is a pro problem with communities being excluded from the planning process and yet it seems at no time has the developer or Uttlesford planning officer taken any consideration of the existing community's opinions. This is not the sustainable development as it fails on social grounds. This development will stand out over the landscape like a sore thumb. From Watling Lane, lower in the valley, the rooftops will appear twice as high as the existing um, developments. You can see that on the pictures which I gave out earlier. Um, it's not quite clear because of the wide angle lens. They look quite small, but it's, uh, they are very significant. All the evidence presented to you regarding landscape, the Liz Lake report, the findings of the inspector at the Gladman Field, Thaxted's village design statement, even UDC's own landscape officer says that this will become, uh, will be a damaging to the landscape or the setting of the heritage asset. The only mitigation to landscape harm is a low-level hedge, which according to the developer will allow views from the development to the countryside beyond. Such a hedge will not mitigate the harm looking back from the countryside towards the development. Thaxted has virtually no employment opportunities. Public transport links are very poor, so commuters will have to use their cars. Our schools and surgery has limited extra capacity, and yet the second uh, new Weddow Road development of 47 houses has still to be completed. Thaxted is not a sustainable location for this kind of development. Over the last five years, Thaxted has had an increase of over 200 houses agreed by UDC, including many of three or four bedrooms. We have largely accepted these with good grace, understanding we need to play our part. It should be pointed out that if these 200 houses per 1,250 homes in five years were reproduced nationwide, by 2037, which is the end of the planning period, there would be nearly 36.6 million houses in the UK, which is over 9 million above the government target of 27.5 million. Thaxted does more than play its part. This kind of expansion is not sustainable. To conclude, sustainability stands on three pillars. A failure on any one pillar renders a proposal unsustainable. This application fails on all three. 
Social, the applicant has not engaged with the community and has not taken any interest in our views or needs. Environmental, all the evidence regarding landscape says this is harmful. And economic, the out-of-area developer will be the only economic beneficiary of this development but will likely harm Thaxted's economy in the process. In failing to address our social, environmental and economic needs, this cannot be considered a sustainable development. Therefore, the MPPF does not presume in favour of it and it should be rejected. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. Right, as my order is incorrect, who's next? <laughs> and you are Dave McPherson. Yeah, Dave McPherson. Thank you very much. Um, You've got th three minutes or so. Yeah, a resident of Clare Court whose property uh, adjoins the application site. Our issue with this application is that the height, close proximity, and resulting visual impact of the development on neighbouring properties have largely been ignored. The planning officer in section 9.1 of his report lists the concerns raised by the letters of objection. However, it does not list the visual impact of the proposed development on adjoining properties. This is despite several letters of objection from myself, my neighbours and other Thaxted residents on this issue. And there were also further objections in the 60 letters of objection that the officer referred to earlier. None of these have been considered properly. Committee members may be aware of an earlier expired planning consent on this site for a respite care centre for the charity rescue. In that application, the impact of the proposal on neighbouring properties was a key issue in the decision-making process. The approved plan was for a single-storey building and the officer's report, uh, and I quote, said, revised plans have been received which have reduced the height of the building to six metres at its highest point, with the wings closest to the southern boundary being 5.1 metres in height. The distance to the boundary with gardens would, however, be only six metres. There is no question that the outlook of these dwellings would be altered, but on balance it is not considered that this would be to such a harmful degree that refusal could be justified. That was in the rescue approval. What concerns us now is that the current application is for buildings of 8.4 metres in height of two to three storeys that would be built right up to the southern boundary with Clare Court. As the proposed site is also on higher ground, this would in effect put a nine metre high wall of brick and weatherboarding at the end of my garden and only 10 or 11 metres away from the houses on Clare Court. There are also windows in the upper storey of the end house in the application which would overlook Clare Court. This would result in an overbearing impact and a loss of privacy and light to houses and gardens on Clare Court. The applicants themselves used two diagrams in their design and access statement to compare the height of their proposal with the rescue plan. These should be ignored as the first diagram is wrong as they have superimposed the western elevation of the rescue application on the eastern elevation of their own application. The other diagram they use is also misleading as it doesn't show the reduced height of the wings facing Clare Court that were present in the rescue application. I think it's disappointing and a bit unfair to residents that the planning officer has given these issues so little attention particularly after the officer in the earlier case said that there's no question that the outlook of those dwellings on Clare Court is altered. 
I had a couple of further points. One was about weatherboarding, but I believe that's to be decided, the colour of the weatherboarding. The car park uh, is immediately adjacent to 17 Clare Court, so they would experience unacceptable levels of noise and pollution from uh, the car park. So in, in summary, um, I would just conclude by saying we totally disagree with paragraph 10.87 of the officer's report. We believe now that the balance has now shifted and that this, de this development will be so harmful in terms of visual blight and loss of privacy and light to residents of Clare Court that refusal could be justified. This is the wrong development for this site and I urge the committee to refuse permission. Thank you. Thank you, Mr McPherson. Um, are we going for Richard Haynes or Trina, Trina Moore? You've got three minutes also. Thank you. Okay. Good afternoon. I'm Trina Moore and I represent the residents of Thaxted. There are six people speaking on the Little Maypole application today because there is so much that is wrong with it and with the officers report on it that we cannot squeeze it into one three-minute slot. But we are all of one mind and, in effect, one voice. Thaxted residents are incensed by the planning officer's report on the Little Maypole because it is full of inaccuracies and misrepresentations. It is a flawed report. The fact that the report has had to be written three times gives you a clue. In the first report, the officer says that the application for nine houses is on a brownfield site with extant planning permission. The only true fact in that statement is that there are nine houses. So what we really have is an application for nine houses on virgin open countryside outside the village limits in an area described by UDC's own landscape officer as of particular importance in retaining the sensitive relationship between the village and its rural setting. In addition, a planning inspector described it as an area where he could not envisage any houses being built. The inspector said this in the report on the Thaxted-Gladman inquiry, and this application is part of the same field with the same views and the same environmental sensitivity as in that inquiry. And at that time, only two years ago, Uttlesford District Council stood shoulder to shoulder with Thaxted to fight and win the battle against that application. We residents of Thaxted cannot understand what is going on. Judgments are inconsistent, and inconsistent has to be a prerequisite for a planning department. It could be argued that those huge mistakes in defining the Little Maypole site have been rectified. Incidentally, only after they were pointed out by residents. But there are still more. We are told in all three reports that the design of the houses in the Thaxted is in the Thaxted vernacular. No, it isn't. The design is urban and angular, and it involves weatherboard. Weatherboard is the vernacular of the Bellrope Meadow um, estate, which was built less than 10 years ago. And we wonder how a planning officer could not realise this. Thaxted is a remarkable medieval village with an outstanding Grade 1 listed church, Guild Hall. It has a John Webb's windmill, exemplary medieval houses juxtaposed with gracious Georgian residences, lauded by John Betjeman, as you've heard. 
Laxton, sorry, Thaxton has been described as the Queen of Essex, the jewel in Essex's crown. Why would any planner want to wreck it with nine inappropriately tall houses, finished in white and silver, presumably so they will reflect the sunlight and glow in the dark? They would certainly make their presence felt. They are more suited to a London Docklands development than to Thaxted. No amount of hedging or screening will hide them from the Chelmer Valley. Planning mistakes have been made in Thaxted, Bellrope Meadow and Samford Road in particular. But because mistakes have been made in the past, this does not mean that Thaxted is fair game for further despoilation. Two wrongs don't make a right. Our village is now at a tipping point. Any more of these giant looming houses and the medieval heart of the village will be overwhelmed. Thaxted's uniqueness lies in the setting of this historic and beautiful village in unspoiled rural countryside. There are not too many of these left in England. And to put nine pointy gleaming giants at its northern entrance would spoil it forever. In overriding our local questionnaire and neglecting to take into consideration all of the letters of objection, the planning officer has failed UDC's own constitution, which promises to engage properly with the public. We have not been listened to, and this has not been well done, and I beg you to reject this application. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. And uh, Richard Haynes now, please. Yes. And you two have three minutes, please. Thank you. I'm Richard Haynes and I'm speaking on behalf of the Parish Council. Um, you've heard uh, all of the objections of Thaxted residents. I'm not going to repeat them. There have been three versions of the officers' report, so they had an awful lot to get through. Uh, what I really want to do is just get back to basics. Um, the basic position here is that this is a site outside of the development limits. It is a site in the open countryside. In, in that context, development is determined by policy S7. Policy S7 allows for exceptional development. There is nothing exceptional about this. It is nine large private houses. If we turn to the current officer's report, the latest version, version 3, um, there is an attempt now to justify this on the grounds of a lack of a five-year land supply. Um, I've had a look at the, uh, what's on the website about this. There is an interim analysis. It is basically just a series of completion projections. There is nothing more. It is stated to be an interim analysis. Uh, it admits its shortcomings. There are many things it has not considered, and it specifically says that it will be superseded. Um, therefore, it would be wrong, in our view, to base a decision on interim analysis only. In this case, we have a neighbourhood plan in preparation. All of the evidence base is now complete. We know what policies are going to emerge. So we are also at an interim stage. Now, I'm sure you're aware, but if you aren't aware, I've got the ministerial statement here, um, that with regards to um, neighbourhood plan policies, these can only be overridden in the, in the case where there is a three-year land supply, not a five-year land supply. Now, I accept our neighbourhood plan is not adopted, but it is at an interim stage, an advanced interim stage. So if the council intends to rely on interim findings with regard to its land supply, then we should be entitled to rely on interim findings of the neighbourhood plan. It is a like-for-like -like analysis. 
Now, that's perhaps a bit technical, but my principal point on this is the point that you've heard from many of the other speakers, which is that this development is not environmentally sustainable. The Lislake report says it's not environmentally sustainable. The Glaben inspector said it wouldn't be. The thanks to design statement, which is an adopted planning document, also says that it is not environmentally acceptable. And above all, your own, and this has been disregarded uh, in the officer's recommendation, your own landscape officer specifically says, and very strongly, that this would be inappropriate development and would be harmful to the landscape of the Chelmer Valley. So, in conclusion, I think it would be very hard for you to do anything other than refuse this application. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr Haynes. Um, our final speaker is the agent for the applicant, and under our rules, uh, Ashley Wynne, I can give you 12 minutes. Thank you. Should you need them. Thank you. Good afternoon, Chair, members of the committee. Uh, many thanks for the opportunity to speak to you all today. Obviously, you've heard the views from residents and uh, the parish council. Uh, we uh, feel the scheme is, is a, a, a very good scheme that will utilise a vacant site to the edge of what is a sustainable village and will deliver family homes, a type of dwelling which is in serious demand in the village, identified by the housing need assessment, which is a backdrop to the local plan. Uh, the design and layout of the scheme has evolved through continued and positive engagement with planning officers, including three pre-application meetings, whereby the principal layout and design has evolved to the current scheme. We have also worked positively with the Council during the application process to the scheme that's now in front of you. Uh, the scheme will deliver nine good-sized and well-designed family homes with adequate parking, private gardens, and also deliver biodiversity enhancements and incorporate a good quality landscaping scheme, which will include tree planting, hedgerows to the boundaries, in order, in order it can be subsumed within the landscape. Um, it is our view the scheme is a sustainable uh, development which will meet the need for family homes within the district. Uh, the officer's report correctly points out that since the uh, officer's report went uh, uh, for the March uh, committee, that the uh, planning context has changed in terms of the five-year housing supply, which obviously uh, plants a different context to the consideration of this application, namely a more positive one and one that weighs heavily in favour of the scheme. Um, I'll just touch upon the ministerial statement on neighbour plans, uh, planning. Obviously, that applies to neighbourhood plans in, that have been adopted. Um, and whilst I appreciate the good work that's been done, um, it isn't at a stage where that ministerial statement should be taken into account. Um, in our view, the, the benefits are wide-ranging and the, the harm is limited, as outlined in the officer report. Uh, we have taken a careful account of the historic setting, because obviously that was a matter for the Gladman appeal that lays to the rear, and just a bit for clarity, it was not, um, did not include this site. It's a separate site, which the council has uh, previously distinguished from uh, the land in front of you today. Um, the development will maintain the historic setting of the church and the council's conservation officer and has concurred with that view and has no objections to the scheme. Uh, 
in terms of the landscape officer, whilst the comments are noted, um, we have the scheme that the development have limited impact on, on the landscape being seen within the backdrop of Clare Court and Little Maypole and not extending down the sides of the valley as was previously acknowledged in the, in the Gladman report. As, um, so it's rather than encroachment into open countryside, it's considered to be a, a, a well-contained um, site and obviously the good landscaping scheme will um, build on that uh, with tree planting along the boundaries. In summary, um, um, as recommended by the MPPF and the Council's own policies, our Council has engaged positively with, with the Council from the very start, whereby the principles agreed and the design and layout has got to the current point. It's considered the scheme achieves the aspirational aims of the MPPF and the Council's policies in achieving sustainable development and it will deliver family homes in a timely manner in the short term so family homes can be delivered within the district, which is a, a pertinent point bearing in mind the, the current uh, housing supply position. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Wynne. Uh, members, before I open it up, I would like to ask <coughs> Mr Brown to clarify uh, on some of the points that have been raised by both sides there. Firstly, um, the status of our five-year housing land supply, um, the status regarding neighbourhood plans, uh, the weight accorded to them um, in relation not only to their policies but to the uh, relationship to the five-year housing land supply, the references to the Liz Lake um, assessment um, and this part of this site rather which doesn't seem to have been part of that application to which that assessment was made. Um, if you could just try and clarify those for the members please Mr Brown. I probably could do all those apart from the landscape bit which I'll probably leave to Karen. Um, first of all in terms of the, the five year land supply, uh, we're at the time of year now, um, it's now May, we will, be, we will be releasing our final trajectory figures this council doesn't release its five-year figures, it releases the raw data in terms of the trajectory. Uh, but that is what has been this, the um, calculations on the five-year land supply for the next case has been submitted, which has, claimed, which has shown that we do not have a five-year land supply. That is the current situation as we are. Now, now that's for a number of reasons, and I don't think it's this place to be managed that. But in terms of working out the trajectories of completed houses and the rate of building rates and the planning permissions we've been granted, we haven't got a five-year land supply. I will correct the applicant, that doesn't mean to say that means you have to approve this. What that means is that um, you know, it is very, you know, it, it's, it, it being outside the development limits and it being in a countryside is not a reason to refuse it um, for his own right, being in a COVID country. That's the only thing the five-year land supply issue has done. So, you know, this is probably a message I'm going to be repeating for quite a few months now, but that doesn't mean to say lack of five-year land supply equals an approval. It doesn't. Um, so that's where we are in terms of the directory. That's where we're going. That will be formally published. I think it's currently on our website. And this is the time of year where we start doing that and we're releasing it. And it does have weight as we go. And it will have weight when we have public inquiries coming up, in, in, coming up next month for other sites in the authority, because that's how it works. It's a movable feast in terms of how you, how you defend applications on five-year land supply. But we publish it once a year, and it's, and it's, it's April figures being published in June. So it's not a case of we can't give that, because we're giving that some weight, we have to give a neighbourhood plan some weight. The neighbourhood plan is commendable in terms of moving forward, but we have not got an adopted neighbourhood plan. 
just like we haven't got an adopted local plan, which means they have no weight. Um, once they're submitted, they may have some weight, so we cannot take into account the neighbourhood plan because it's the same status as a local plan. And hopefully once we get one, that will be a development plan. But we have one neighbourhood plan adopted within the council, and that is in Dunmo, and that has material weight as the development plan. But the neighbourhood plan does not. While I'm on, um, I think I do need to give a little bit. I don't think I need to say this to members as such, um, but some of the language from some of those speakers about was, was, was bordering on personal towards the officer's report. It is the recommendation to you, and you can take that into account, and hopefully you will take the recommendations into account, but I think we do need to depersonalise it to the planning officer. It is my team's report to you um, that it was submitted out by one of my professional officers. Um, fortunately, some of the language that's come through today has been a little bit more toned down than some of the language that's been going on in the background, which is, as far as I'm concerned, has been completely intolerable. There's been quite a lot of linkage in terms of, sorry, you would also see that there's um, some um, artist, artist impressions of the landscape impact that have been circulated to you around them. I'll give you a health warning on those. That has not necessarily been, um, I'm not questioning who's, who's presented those and what, the, but we need to be, give a health warning. That's not necessarily how it's going to look. Um, just like you need to give a health warning in what's ever presented by the applicant themselves. You've walked down that footpath and you've had a look today and I think members are possibly getting a little bit tired in terms of told what to do. You, you, you've gone out and assessed the site from a landscape view and it's as simple as that particular issue in terms of impact on landscape as well as the impact on the neighbours because you've been both, for both those neighbours and members, I'm sure you will take that into account. And finally, there's been reference to the Gladman's appeal. I'll make Karen pick up the landscape issue. Um, the parish were quite right. We were standing shoulder to shoulder and I would and actually hazard to say the two officers by coincidence sitting on the top table were those two officers sitting standing shoulder to shoulder with Faxon when we were defending it. This is an application for nine dwellings not submitted by Gladbans. This is not an application for the Gladbans development and the references to the Gladbans appeal was the references to the Gladbans appeal. And members, this is not approving nine here does not automatically approve the amount of hundreds, over 100 houses that we were going to be getting in fact, the two, one doesn't lead to the other. Um, but um, so all references to Gladman's is not really relevant to this application, although I'll hand over to Karen who may be able to clarify the issues over the Liz Lake um, assessment. Yeah, it's set out in the officer's report um, anyway, um, uh, but the, this actual site does not fall with, this falls within the inner edge of the study area which forms the urban area of the village of Thaxted. The site is therefore excluded from the main landscape character assessment as part of the evidence base for the neighbourhood plan as, a, as identified within the assessment. So the Liz Lake assessment is about this landscape here on the valley side, so it is about the arable land, it is not about this particular site. It is quite clearly stated in that report that this site itself is excluded from that assessment. Thank you, Mr. Denmark. Okay, members, I've got Councillor Chambers first. How do you stand up? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I wasn't at the site meeting this morning, but I would like to make it clear to everybody here that I do know that site extremely well. I've been on the council a long time and I have walked around there on various different occasions. 
I have to say that the speakers that spoke, you must, can I just enhance what Mr Brown has said? The officers are professional officers and make a professional opinion on whether they believe it should be approved or refused. That is not our job on the planning committee. We have to take note of what is said, but we then make up our own decision on planning reasons as to whether we think it should be approved or refused. I think in Thaxted, and maybe I'm saying things that perhaps I shouldn't do, and Mr Brown knows I am chairman, I speak my mind, Thaxted is a very old town. You are working extremely hard to get a uh, future plan, development plan, for your settlement. Because you are doing this and you are prepared to put forward other sites to make sure that you have some houses, then I would say that this is totally unsuitable. One of the reasons I would say that is that I seem to remember that little maypole was an exception site. I might be wrong because I'm not a planning professional, but it was an exception site. Now, to me, if you actually look at what is being proposed now, you are going right away from having any concept of having a village development limit or town development limit. You will spoil the whole countryside round Thaxted. Now, if Thaxted is carefully developed in the future, which I'm sure it will be, I sincerely hope so, then it will not spoil the rural character of Thaxted being what it is. I'm not a planning expert, as I said, but I, if I have to give a planning refusal reason, and I hope I don't have to propose it because I'm not a professional, I would say S7 is probably the most important one. But I'm sorry, Mr Chairman, I cannot go along with the officer's recommendations and I will be voting to refuse it. OK, thank you, Councillor Chambers. I've got Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with Councillor Chambers on this, uh, maybe for different reasons, uh, but this elevation actually expresses one of them. The very important thing about Thaxted is its sense of place. It's one of these things very hard to define, but when you arrive there, you can't be anywhere else. Uh, and these dwellings, these buildings, will impact upon that view of the Chalmer Valley. There's no doubt about that. It doesn't really matter what colour you make them. But if you look at those elevations, I was asking myself during the presentation from the officer, well, what sort of um, agricultural buildings might exist that look a bit like this? And, of course, the answer is something like a barn or a granary. But then you don't have four granaries, three granaries stuck together in a line. It's very rare. Uh, and these don't look like barns. They look like modern buildings. They'd be more appropriate uh, in, the, in an urban environment. That point's been made, and I think it's been well made. So there's that. I think they're overbearing. If there were just two of them, it might be a different argument, but they're still very overbearing. Uh, I think the impact on the neighbours would be unfortunate, at least for two of the neighbours, and I think we do have a duty to regard that. Um, so those would be my principal things. You get a lovely view of the windmill and uh, the church from certain parts of that valley. Uh, I would say if you do, if you are mindful, 
of granting these, and I hope you're not, because I shall certainly vote against them. But if you are mindful of granting these, then will you please make sure a datum level is established, because the fall of the land is very important as to how much impact these dwellings will have on the view. Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. There are a lot of, of uh, woolly or minor issues being mentioned today which do obfuscate a little bit the issues. One, for example, is that it is not a brownfield site. We're all there to see that today. And this is not helpful. Secondly, of course, the mention of design. Um, I think we all agree that it's not in keeping with the tax dead style. Um, as mentioned, weatherboard is not taxed. Um, I also agree that the overbearing or overlooking nature of them would be a problem with the neighbours. We have to consider these things. And we discussed um, 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 the question of, of a levels condition if we were to go ahead in terms of how it um, um, meets the brow of that hill. But the real issue is, 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 is it sustainable in terms of our own policies? And, uh, the two questions we have to ask ourselves, one is, is it in keeping with or does it impact detrimentally with the character of the landscape and of the, of the, of the town? And the second, of course, is, does it have an impact on the setting of a listed building or town? Um, and I'm afraid on both counts, after serious consideration and, and cajoling from my friends, um, I'm afraid I don't think it will. I don't think it does. And I think S7 is an issue, but EMV1 would also apply. So I would say on those cases, I would not be voting for this recommendation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Mills, Councillor Hicks, any contributions? Councillor Mills. Um, thanks, Mr Chairman. Um, I've listened to what everybody's said, um, whether we consider the site sustainable or not. Um, I have to say that I find that it is sustainable in its current position. I find that it's actually squaring a circle to a certain extent, uh, and I think uh, for that reason we would find that quite difficult to defend. Um, as for the landscape, I think that some of the images that have been put up are perhaps a little bit misleading. We did walk right to the bottom of the site. Um, I think that the ridgeline perhaps is not dissimilar to the ridgelines of the adjacent properties. Um, and I couldn't see that it could possibly be as high as we're looking at. Uh, I would have preferred perhaps for the development to include some bungalows. I think what I'm coming down to is that... Um, I would be quite happy to support the application, but I would much prefer it to be on a different height uh, in as much as if we were one and a half storeys rather than two and a half storeys, uh, it may be a better proposal. I know that's not what's before us. I quite understand that. Um, obviously, demand for bungalows, affordable. Uh, are there any contributions coming forward on 106 from this? So nothing at all coming to the community? No, not for nine dwellings, no. No, OK. Um, Okay. Yeah, okay, Mr Chairman. Right. Yeah, I shall uh, wait for the vote. Mic off. Councillor Lockley. Thank you. Well, my concerns were the same as Councillor Mills. On this, there, these shadowy things in the background look hugely out of proportion to what is, is already there. They look monsters. Um, and I think that's somewhat misleading. So could you tell us what the, the heights are of those in relation to the surrounding area? I know we have that sketch, but I believe this is a residence one, so I'm not quite sure if that's the one that we would be using. And it says that they're two stories. And the, um, it says here the dwellings would be well proportioned, articulated and reflect the patterns of characteristics of the surrounding built form. So could you explain that, those, which looks totally out of proportion 
to the local built form to what they, they actually are, if indeed that is wrong. The proposed dwellings have a ridge height of 8.4 metres and that compares with the ones on the, um, the front are also 8.4, so Little Maypole itself are also 8.4 metres, so they will have the same ridge heights. Um, so, um, so they are, yes, the same in terms of scale. Um, they possibly look taller because they're a different design and have a very vertical emphasis Sorry. They have a very vertical emphasis in their design, so that possibly makes them look a lot taller, but they are in fact the same height as Little Maypole. Thank you. Okay. Uh, for, um, further, no further comments, I'll, I'll make mine then. Um, it's, uh, it's apparent that, um, to my mind, that some development will take place on this site at some time. Had the um, refuge uh, project not fallen down, that would have been there by now. Um, but um, so I think I think most of the speakers seem to have that sentiment behind them, um, that, that they were aware that something could have been there. And in fact, the heights of that were referred to as well by one speaker. I'm uneasy about this. Um, I have walked aside. I didn't do it today. I did it on Sunday. Um, and I feel this is bringing a hard edge to the edge of where development may well be uh, allocated at some stage. Um, I would prefer to see um, lower, lower heights of any development that's there. Um, I think Councillor Mills made the point. I think it's sustainable. It connects to the uh, village. You can walk down to the shops. You've got your dentist. You've got doctors. You've got supermarkets, you've got a post office and you've got pubs um, and you've got a school. I mean, what more can you want? Uh, except probably bigger premises than some of them, but that's another story. Um, so I think, to my mind, I'm going to make a proposal that we refuse uh, this application and I'm going to quote um, Gen 2 as design, I think. Yes. Is it? Um, S7 I'm not sure about because I don't think this is actually S7 type location. Um, the, the field behind it certainly is. This is not part of that parcel of land. I'm not sure looking at it you can consider it as being arable land at the moment. It's got a permission. Um, it's had a permission for not being agricultural. So I, I think I would leave S7. I mean, I'm not in favour of putting policies in that we can't defend. Um, we need to be able to defend our policies and I think Councillor Fairhurst quoted an EMV one. It can't be EMV one because that only relates to development within conservation areas. Right. Okay. So you cannot use that one. Thank you. I would be wary of that anyway because our conservation officer supports the application. Okay, fine. So Thank you very much. So certainly uh, Jen to, was it Gen 2? Gen 2. Thank you. Um, would that be sufficient, Mr Brown, do you think? To one, as I always say, one good refusal reason is good mm -hmm. enough. Um, to add to dilute it down with four weaker ones literally does that. So, okay. um, so that's my proposal. Does that find a seconder? Councillor of Chambers will second that. Thank you very much. In the light of no further, sorry, further, go, sorry. Just yes. clarify, you're doing that on general design issues, but are you doing it also because 
not trying to lead you, no. but obviously that would cover any issues in terms of if there's any effect on amenities of adjoining occupiers. Are you including yes, that yes, as well? Indeed. Yes, So it's general design out of character with that particular bit, yes. as well as the impact on neighbours. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So it's been proposed and seconded. All those in favour of refusal, please show. So that application is refused. Okay, um, if people move, leaving could do so quietly, please. Um, we would like to move on to um, item three of the agenda, which is development on land off Walden Road, Saffron Walden. That's Little Walden Road, isn't it? Um, and that's application 17 stroke 0522. It's for outline planning consent. And Mrs Hutchinson will make your presentation, members. Thank you. you is a second application that has been submitted by these applicants. The first application was refused planning permission and is now the subject of a public inquiry which is due to be held um, at the end of July in actual fact. That application was refused essentially on three grounds but there is a fourth because of the lack of infrastructure provision. It was refused on landscape, i.e. the S7 policy issue. It was refused on highways and it was refused on ecology. The application before you is now, um, has been revised to a certain extent. It's an outline application with the only um, matter for determination at this point is the access. So all other matters are in outline. Having said that, the applicants have submitted a revised master plan, which is the one that's up on your screen now. The revisions that have taken place are fairly minor. We're still dealing with the same number of dwellings, 85 dwellings, as the first application. What has changed... Uh, excuse me if I... We now have more internal landscaping within the site. So you'll see there's a green corridor effectively that goes through. The area that's shaded blue is effectively the attenuation. So the suds is to move there where it was in a slightly different location. And we have a public open space and a play area here, which was also in this location generally down here. So those are the main changes, to be perfectly honest, that have been provided. The green infrastructure within the site is largely to overcome the ecology issues. Um, and since this has been submitted, the county ecologists have, are satisfied with the proposals and have withdrawn their objection. In terms of the access, the access is remaining in the same place, taken off Little Walden Road, very centrally within the, the, the frontage of the site. There is, as you'll remember from our site visit, there is a, a 
hedge line that goes all the way down terminates probably round about there. I won't be precise, but it terminates round about there. There has been no objections at any time from the Highway Authority in terms of the provision of that access. The detailing of it is, um, has been submitted. We have actually now got a slightly revised plan which takes away any footpath along this northern side. We'd, it's not needed. So there's a footpath that will go down the south, linking to the island that's already in place in Little Walden Road. It may be, remo it may be moved slightly, but, but then crossing the road so that the footpath then can be joined that goes down on the western side of Little Walden Road. So those proposals do not change. The... The fundamental change in terms of why the Highway Authority has withdrawn its refusal, uh, its recommendation of refusal, stems largely to what goes on within Saffron Walden Town. There were concerns about capacity at junctions within Little Walden. The applicants have done some remodelling, which the Highway Authority has accepted. And I think you'll see in my report, they have basically said it will be very difficult to argue that the impact is so severe as a result of this development. So that highway for reason for refusal has now fallen away and we are left with landscaping in essence. There is an impact on landscaping, there could be no doubt about it. It's new housing, it's on a greenfield site, it's on the edge of a settlement, you will see it whichever way, whenever you put new housing in, you're not going to be able to hide it entirely. The, the, the decision comes down to whether the impact on the countryside is so severe that it should be refused. Since the um, ref last refusal, the Council's five-year supply position has been reviewed. It's been reviewed at appeal, and a lot of information has been discussed at appeal. The trajectory that is now in place is interim simply because it provides the background information to what has already been provided to committees, but what it also does has adjust, adjusted because there have been sites that haven't come forward in the way that was originally anticipated. So the council is now in a position where it cannot demonstrate a five-year supply. The previous refusal was based on the fact that it, the council thought it could, at that stage, demonstrate a five-year supply. So the balance now is to be considered. In terms of impact on residential amenity, there will be no great residential impact. This area of land is already scrubland, if you like. It's got trees, it's got screens. <coughs> Views out are very restricted, and as the bulk of development is to take place in this area, and I think single-storey development is being proposed in this area, there will be no real impact on existing residential development, and obviously when detail design comes in, impact on um, residential development, uh, impact on proposed dwellings will obviously be a consideration at reserve matters. Pedestrian access can be achieved through here. The, the applicants have confirmed that they own that connection there. So residential, um, sorry, pedestrian access can be achieved and probably cycle access can be achieved through there as well as 
coming out onto Little Waldron Road. There is no real other um, aspect that really can weigh against this development. It is now down effectively to a matter of judgment as to whether the issues of landscaping are so significant that it should be refused. It's clear from our site visit, you can see the site, you will see the site. There's no two ways about it. You will see it in different perspectives. Some perspectives, it will disappear altogether, and others, it doesn't. So, in my opinion, and in the officer's opinion, as it's been put to you, we now consider that, on balance, the impact of this is not so great that it should necessarily be refused. <coughs> there is one other issue as well before you. Um, in, my, in the report, it said that the Environmental Health Officer had not commented, but it does record the comments from the previous application. We now have the Environmental Health Officer's comments. They have more or less repeated the previous comments, and there are two conditions that they are requesting be added, which would be relating to contamination and effectively noise. And we would recommend that those conditions are attached to any planning permission. Thank you, Mrs. Hutchinson. Yeah, those last points are on your SUP reps, members. Um, right, we've got several speakers on this. Uh, the first of whom will be from Saffron Warden Town Council. That's Councillor Coote. And you have three minutes, Councillor Coote. Thank you. Sorry. Councillors, officers, members of the public, um, I'd like to say that uh, I welcome being, uh, your ability to look at all the uh, planning applications that you're looking at. I know that you will look at all the legal parts. You will come up with the Sorry. I know that you will come very well prepared and you will have looked at all this. What I wish to do uh, in my three minutes is to explain the problems we have as residents in my ward with the, uh, with the officer's recommendation. The roads that uh, service the area were put in in 1935. They were there primarily to take the American Army and their Air Force over to Hadstock Aerodrome. Since that time the roads were put in, we have had 712 houses built in that area. We have had no infrastructure at all put in. In actual fact, we've lost five shops. We have lost three pubs. We have lost three churches. We have lost parking to residents' parking of over 200 places. If you go down that Warden Road, which I'm sure the officers have, they will see all the cars parked along the side. Obviously, that has to be taken into consideration. Our schools, we've lost a whole school. We've got 85 houses being proposed. That means that if you times that by two, that's the average child. Where are those children going to go? We have lost a whole surgery of doctors. The infrastructure is not there to sustain this development. You can talk about 106 money, and obviously... Uh, Mr. Brown will when he comes back. 
but I ask you as councillors, you came and obviously put yourselves forward to be elected to serve Uttlesford. I don't think if you pass this, you'll serve in Uttlesford. Put yourselves in my residence and myself. I've lived in this town for 69 years, down in that area for 68 of them. We have seen 700 houses built down there. You've had very little opposition from us, but there comes a point where you have to say, hey, hold on, we've done our bit. I know that we're short of housing. I certainly was supportive of the social housing that was being built down the bottom end, and still would be. But I really appeal to you as councillors to look at this, not in a political way, not that I'm suggesting the officers were at all, but try and find a way through that we don't have to have these 85 houses. I've named some of the things we've lost. There are children down there who can't go to their schools. A lot of you around this table, and this is not being political, support choice in schools. We haven't got no choice in schools here. What we have to accept is that those children will go in to wherever there's a space. St Mary's School, for instance, I was taught there all the children have to go down there. They can't get up to RAB or any of the others because there's not enough spaces. There are 85 houses going in there. Put yourselves, as I said, uh, I'm not trying to appeal to your better nature, but I am trying to appeal to your social conscience. You put yourselves forward as councillors to serve the community. This is not serving the community of Uttersford. This is serving the purposes of building houses for profit. None of my people down that ward will be able to afford these houses. None at all. If you were, uh, they call them affordable houses now, if you were building social houses, at least I would have something to say to all the rest of those people down there. There's lots of people in Saffron Ward who can't afford a house. We could help. You can talk about affordable housing, but is affordable housing 250,000? Not so many people I know in this town. And I just ask all of you, when you make your considerations, to take all these points into uh, consideration. You will have done your homework, you will know, and I know the officer will have too, what the legalities are. And my friends who will come will talk about those. But I was determined as a town councillor to talk about the social issue. So I hope that you take on board. It's not a criticism of any of the officers, it's not a criticism of you. But I hope that you will see that this is just too far. When I first lived down there, there was about, sorry, there was, a, there was very, there was at least 600 houses less. We've had no roads changed. Those roads are the same roads that went through the Hadstock Aerodrome. We've had nothing. We've had it taken away. They haven't got a shop. They haven't got a bus. They haven't got anything down there. So please reject this application. Thank you, Councillor Coon. Uh, our next speaker, um, I'm going to bring in uh, Councillor Enid Bald from um, Linton Parish Council. Thank you. You have three minutes, Councillor Bald. Thank you very much for allowing me to speak. Thank you, Chairman, for your gracious help in that. I'm actually an interloper. I come from Linton. But the developments here do affect Linton. Um, we are affected by your developments because they come, especially those on the far side of Saffron Walden, on our side, Linton's side. The 1052, which is the Little Walden Road, goes beyond Hadstock, 
past our zoo and joins the 1307 at the Grip Junction in Linton. We expect drivers going to work or to education from this site to access Cambridge, the science parks, research parks, Haverhill, etc., using the A1307. This is also the route that is easiest for them. Um, rather than going through your rather beautiful town centre, we know how congested it is. Traffic is more likely to go out through the 1052, through Hadstock, and onto the 1307. These junctions have not been assessed at all in the planning application, and it does have a mighty effect on Linton. Traffic gathering from the, your cumulative developments, Ashton and here, they come onto our 1307 at Linton. The grip junction is particularly hazardous, not only for traffic, but for noise and air pollution, and it's really causing a, an additional problem cumulative with all the other stuff that we're getting from Haverhill. Um, we know that 1307 is over capacity and we know it's hazardous and I'd just like to say that the extra traffic from this particular site affects not just your town, not just the area, it affects towns outside your area and onto Linton and the 1307 and towns all along the 1307. So I would support um, residents of Saffron Walden in opposing this just for the effect on LinkedIn. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Councillor Ward. Um, our next speaker, members, is uh, John McLaughlin, and you'll be able to read along with him because he's supplied you with a copy of his um, presentation. You've got three minutes, Mr. Luckman. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, good afternoon, councillors. Uh, as the chairman says, I'm John McLaughlin. I'm a local resident. I'm a member of a residence group which has been consistently uh, opposing Gladman's attempts to build 85 houses on this site since last year. Um, as the officer said, this is their second application. Uh, they are currently also appealing against refusal of their first application uh, in December past. Um, we're a small group, but we represent and are supported by a lot of people. Uh, I think that partly explains the good attendance today from the public, for which we are grateful. Um, there are many reasons why this development would be in breach of planning, law and policy. It's clearly unsustainable, and we ask you to refuse this application. Um, we were pleased to hear that you have it on your site visit, um, so you will see the damage that would be done irreparably in this, in this part of uh, Uttlesford uh, if this development was allowed. Um, in the next couple of minutes, I'm going to summarise for you the reasons why the application is contrary to planning law and policy, and therefore you, you should refuse it. You will then hear from other residents uh, in more detail on some of the issues within that. Uh, so, as I said, substantially the same application was refused in December last year, uh, less than five months ago. Uh, there were four reasons given for refusal. Firstly, development in open countryside, visually intrusive, contrary to policies S7, Gen 2 and the NPPF. Secondly, severe impact of traffic from the site on the local, red, local road network in breach of DM15 and the NPPF. Thirdly, failure to address ecological impact, contrary to relevant legislation, policy ENB7 and the MPPF. And fourthly, failure to provide for infrastructure, including school places and transport, contrary to Gen 6 and H9. Um, Gladman has appealed against that refusal, as I said. 
they are trying to preempt the appeal with this second application, arguing that they have addressed the reasons for refusal of the first application. Uh, we contend uh, that they have failed to do that, and unfortunately that the planning officer is mistaken in recommending that you grant permission. Uh, two things have happened since December, as the officer stated, uh, which seem to have changed the officer's position, but we contend, we contend that neither of these justifies granting permission to this application. Firstly, the Highways Department has recommended conditional approval, whereas previously they had emphatically rejected um, a recommended refusal. Uh, we submit that the new evidence and the conclusions, uh, which were effectively created and reverse engineered by the applicant, seemingly unchallenged by the Highways Department, are erroneous and unreliable. We respectfully submit that you should refuse this application now so that those complicated uh, transport issues can be properly uh, tested in the July appeal. Secondly, the planning officer states that UDC does not have a five-year land supply. We've already heard some, some comments about that uh, from the planning team. Um, in December 16, the planning team said that they, there was a five-year supply. Uh, again, only one month ago in the Council's statement of case in relation to the appeal, the Council stated that there was a five-year land supply and would be able to prove it. And then even today, I think in the, the papers for the third application on your agenda in relation to land at Clavering, it does state that there is a five-year land supply. Um, so clearly there must be some doubt about this. Um, however, um, in any event, even if there's not a five-year housing supply, the development would have to be sustainable. And we submit, respectfully, this, this proposed development is not. To quote UDC from one month ago in the response to the appeal, and I, this is a quote, even if there's not a five-year supply of housing, it is considered that the adverse impacts of the development significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits and planning permission should be refused. This application should therefore be rejected unless there's a very good reason for it, and there isn't a good reason for it. Uh, the one benefit of the application is it would provide more affordable housing in the area, but the disadvantages in terms of transport, infrastructure, sustainability, landscape and ecology vastly outweigh this. The proposed site would still be in breach of policies S1, S7, ENV3, ENV5, ENV8, Gen1, Gen2, Gen6 and Gen7 of the local plan, together with the multiple corresponding principles of the NPPF. Thank you very much for your time. We ask you to refuse this application. Thank you, Mr. Lachlan. I was just wondering how you were going to get through the remaining five pages of that in the three minutes <laughs> you didn't have. Right. Thank you very much. Um, next speaker is well, I lost the place now. Uh, Peter Elliott. I have on my list. Thank you. Do you have three minutes, Mr. Elliott? Thank you. Mr Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, my name is John Peter Elliott and I live in Limefield, Saffron Walls, and I want to talk about some highway aspects of this planning application. In 2013, Essex Highways assessed the impact of both allocated and potential local planned housing sites on existing road junctions in Saffron Walls and Town Centre. Eleven junctions were fully assessed for traffic flows and capacity. The Church Street High Street junction was found to be regularly operating over capacity, a situation forecast to continue. The assessment excluded the two junctions of Little Walden Road with Castle Street and with Church Street because the local plan did not include any allocated or potential housing sites along Little Walden Road. 
the Gladman site was not and is still not in the local plan. In April 2016, Essex Highways objected to a planning application for equestrian use on the development site, stating that the proposal, I quote, would lead to the creation of an access on a stretch of secondary distributor highway, where the principal function is that of carrying traffic freely and safely between centres of population. The slowing and turning of vehicles associated with the use of the access would lead to conflict and interference with the passage of through vehicles to the detriment of that principal function and introduce a further point of possible traffic conflict between being detrimental to highway safety. Last November, Essex Highways objected to the first Gladman application for up to 85 dwellings on the same site as the equestrian application and with access in the same place. The access was evidently no longer objectionable because, as Highways stated, I quote, a safe and suitable access can be achieved. Highways objected to the housing application because the majority of vehicle trips from the development site were expected to travel south to the town centre with particular impact on the Little Walden Road Church Street Junction. A major concern was the Church Street High Street Junction operating at or above capacity as found in the highway assessments of 2013 and the build-up of traffic queues at busy times in Church Street expected to reach back to the Ashton Road Junction. The outcome was that highways recommended the application be refused. This year, the applicant employed new traffic consultants who predicted that queuing in Church Street would not reach the Ashton Road Junction, even at busy times. On the other hand, the earlier consultants, using different methodologies, had predicted that queues on occasion would extend the full length of Church Street. A study of reports by both consultants shows that vehicles in Church Street are expected to increase by at least 20% between 2016 and 2022, mostly from committed development. Congestion in Church Street may be self-limiting if drivers begin to use the B1052 Little Walden Road as an alternative route north. For the first Gladman application, Essex Highways noted, and I quote, Although trips to Cambridge could use the rural network, it is not an attractive option compared to the M11. My view is any increase in traffic on the northbound B1052 is undesirable and environmentally unsustainable. This new application is opportunistic and should be refused. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr Elliot. Our next speaker I have on my list is Wendy Kidman. And you have three minutes, Ms. Good afternoon. It was very disappointing to read the Highway Authority's change of opinion from the first application to this. Gladman appointed different transport consultants for this second application, presumably because they'd failed to produce the correct answers the first time round. But there are too many inconsistencies and assertions here which have not been properly tested by the Highways Authority. These include questionable new trip data, 
incorrect use of nearby Limefield's estate as a model, because Limefield is around 69% social housing, compared to the proposed 40% here, so it has fewer cars. Incomplete assessment of traffic on key junctions in the centre of Saffron Walden and spurious use of census data, mixing urban and rural areas, which has led to incorrect conclusions regarding modes of tra travel, with a higher figure for people walking or cycling to work than will be realistic for the site in view of its distance from Saffron Walden Town Centre. As an example, it's difficult to believe that the Highways Authority has accepted Gladman's assertion that this development of 85 homes, therefore maybe a couple of hundred residents and probably 120 plus cars, will result in only 11 cars on Church Street in the morning peak. This has clearly been undermodelled, as already at peak times, queues onto Church Street, High Street Junction, stretch back to Ashton Road roundabout. This junction is running well in excess of 100% capacity and Essex County Council's own conclusion is that there are no mitigation measures are possible. The Highways Authority also accepts Gladman's assertion that 18% of traffic from the site will go north. Our group carried out our own survey last year and found that only 9% of traffic went north and 91% of the traffic went south into Saffron Walden. Currently, there's no public transport from this end of town into Saffron Walden, and none is proposed as part of this application. The site is too remote from local amenities, requiring most trips to be made by motor car. The local schools are full, and despite the apparent acceptance of the authorities that a contribution of £600,000 would pay for the additional places required, there's no plan or understanding of how these places would be created. The high school is currently full, and occupants at this site will be well outside the area in which applications could be successfully made. Indeed, this year, residents closer to the, site, closer to the school will refuse places. Turning to ecology, again, the officer has too readily accepted Gladman's assertions. In particular, eight species of bats were found on the site, including the extremely rare Barbastel. All bats are legally protected, but the Barbastel is protected at European level. 90 metres of ancient hedgerow along Little Walden Road would be destroyed by this development. The ecology, the ecology officer states that this would sever the bats' habitat, damaging their ability to navigate and connect with other feeding areas in Slade Valley. She recommends the provision of a partial bat hop over the western boundary. However, there's considerable effort evidence that bat hops do not work. Current practical guidance on bat conservation states, we found no evidence for effectiveness of hopovers in guiding bats safely over roads and maintaining local bat populations. The unproven track record of hopovers is very concerning. Bats, especially barbastels, will be com compromised by increased noise and light pollution. This application threatens biodiversity because it would damage to the because damage to the bat population as a minimum. It therefore goes against para one oh nine and one one eight of the National Planning Policy Framework on preventing the decline of biodiversity. The public authority has a legal duty to have regard for biodiversity. This new application and the responses to it from both the highways and the ecology officers 
are all clearly open to challenge. This application should be, should be refused to enable proper consideration of these issues in the July appeal, please. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mrs Kidman. Our next speaker is Caroline Elliott. And you two have three minutes, Mrs Elliott. Good afternoon. The Historic Settlement Character Assessment of Saffron Walden 2007 said that Little Walden Road is a rural approach of quality and the visual effect of any development here would be to significantly diminish the sense of place and local distinctiveness. The substantial and ancient hedge along Little Walden Road contributes fundamentally to this rural approach. Yet, this proposal would mean around 90 metres of hedge would be destroyed to create car access. Not only this, an unsightly attenuation basin and pumping station are planned to go next to Little Walden Road. The combined effect of hedge loss, attenuation basin, pumping station and extra street lighting would cause significant visual harm. Its character would be irreparably altered. It would turn a rural area into an urbanised zone. But the visual damage does not stop here. Due to the rising nature of the land in the unspoilt Slade Valley, the proposed site is highly visible from many of the public rights of way. Residents have produced a report with photographs of the site from 14 different viewpoints. These are more comprehensive than those provided by the applicant and clearly show how visible the potential site is from the majority of local footpaths, even up to a kilometre away at Wesley Farm. These footpaths are an important rural amenity enjoyed by local walkers, cyclists and visitors. The intrusion of 85 houses into a rural area would be completely out of keeping with existing development. The proposed dwellings would only adjoin four of the existing bungalows on Little Walden Road to the south of the site. They will not adjoin any of the houses at St Mary's View because of the nature park and strip of wood will stand between them. The remaining three sides of the site adjoin field, woodland and hedgerow. It can therefore not be considered a logical extension of existing development. In this application, the woodland block to the north of the site is relied upon for screening. Please note, this is outside the site area and is privately owned. Granting permission in this application would raise the prospect of further development in adjoining land which could lead to the clearing of this woodland. Destruction of this wooded area could be catastrophic to views of the proposed site from every direction. The first application was refused because it would have a harmful visual effect contrary to policy S7 and Gen 2. It was also against advice in the NPPF. In this application, the case officer again states it is contrary to Gen 2 and, I quote, would totally change the character of this area. She again finds it unsustainable on environmental grounds. Comparing the two applications, we can see that the countryside is still the same, the visual impact of 85 houses will be the same, 
It is still unsustainable. It still goes against the local plan and the NPPF. The NPPF says sustainable development is about change for the better, but this proposal is not. There is no reason not to refuse it again, and I urge you to side against. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Mrs Elliott. Our next speaker is Chris Catherty. And you have three minutes also, Mr Catherty. Thank you. Good afternoon. You have heard from others in some detail about the reasons why we submit that you should refuse this application. This application is not materially different to the application that was refused only five months ago and circumstances have not materially changed to justify its approval now. Essex County Council has changed its position based on, we contend, newly submitted and tested and flawed information and assumptions from the applicant. Also, although there is clearly a great deal of uncertainty about our district's five-year land supply, this development would still be unsustainable for many reasons under planning law and policy and should therefore be refused. Specifically, the development would breach the following policies, S1, S7, ENV3, 5, 7, 8, Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 6 and Gen 7 of the local plan and corresponding provisions of the national planning policy framework. This is because the development would be outside the local plan development limits of Saffron Walden, be on a greenfield site which is classed as best and most versatile land on the main approach into Saffron Walden from the north. It would result in loss of environmental resources and would not contribute to or enhance the local and natural environment. Having adequate provision for protection of local wildlife, both on and abutting the site, this is particularly so in relation to protected bat species. It would be too far from local amenities, not integrated into the town and requiring most trips from the site to be made by car. It would not benefit from any coordinated infrastructure, whether public transport, school provision or otherwise. A local bus service for this site is virtually non-existent. Local schools are full and there is no proposed plan for accommodating additional places which would be required. This is particularly so for the town's secondary school, Saffron Warden County High, which will not expand. It would increase already unacceptable traffic congestion and air pollution in and around Saffron Walden. Be in the wrong place as, unfortunately, it's not close to any likely sources of employment. It would provide a benefit, which is the provision of affordable housing. Finally, it would, to quote, significantly diminish the sense of place and local distinctiveness of this part of Saffron Walden. That quote is from Utterford District Council's Historic Settlement Character Assessment 2007, which specifically states that development should not be permitted in this part of town. These features breach the local policies and NPPF principles I referred to before. This development is therefore unsustainable, and so we urge you to refuse this application. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Cassidy. Uh, last speaker is the on behalf of the applicant is Kate Fitzgerald and I can allow you 15 minutes Mrs. Gerald. Thank you. I would like to start by stating that Gladman fully endorses the officer's positive recommendation and we are grateful for the professional approach of the officers during the consideration of this application. 
This application is a resubmission of an application which was refused in December 2016 for four reasons. The purpose of the resubmission was to resolve the technical issues raised by consultees in relation to highways and ecology. An appeal has been lodged on the first application and should this application be approved today, we are willing to withdraw that appeal, saving the Council time and money. To address the highways objection, we submitted an updated transport assessment following more detailed investigations on the impact of junctions. This demonstrated that the increases in traffic forecasts are not considered to have a material impact on the operation of the local highway network and on that basis the Highway Authority has removed its objection. On ecology, further BAT survey work was carried out and an updated ecology appraisal and framework plan was submitted addressing the concerns raised by the county ecologist. The objection on ecology has now been lifted. There are no other technical matters outstanding and no statutory consultee has taken issue with any of the points raised by third parties insofar as they cannot be overcome by mitigation through planning conditions or Section 106 contributions. UDC cannot demonstrate a five-year supply of housing land. Therefore, in accordance with paragraphs 14 and 49 of the framework, policies for the supply of housing in the local plan cannot be considered up to date and the application should be considered in the context of the presumption in favour of sustainable development. The proposals will deliver several benefits, including market and affordable housing in a sustainable location, public open space, as well as significant economic benefits in terms of jobs created during the construction phase and additional spend in the local area. Saffron Walden is one of two market towns in the district and has been identified by the Council as a suitable location to accommodate future housing growth. The MPPF outlines the Government's objective to boost significantly the supply of housing, providing much-needed houses to ensure that this generation can have the same home ownership opportunities as their parents. The decision for you today is whether any adverse impacts of the scheme significantly and demonstrably outweigh the numerous benefits. Your officers have carefully considered all of the technical matters to conclude that, on balance, there are no such unacceptable impacts. I would respectfully ask the committee to follow your professional officer's advice and approve the scheme subject to the conditions and Section 106 obligations recommended in the report. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Gerald. Okay, members, it's uh, open to you. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, it was said earlier this afternoon by uh, Councillor Chambers that we are not specialists. And uh, I must tell you right now, I feel less specialist than I've ever been for a long, long time. Um, but we learn as we go along. There are four, seem to be four issues here today, um, and they've been raised and mentioned by everyone who's talked so far. Um, I'm going to start, just go through them randomly, and start with the one, the infrastructure. We're told that there is sufficient infrastructure for, for the site. Um, and whom are to know better, a little knowledge I'm afraid obviously is not helping here, but what we do know is that the schools are full. The roads are jam-packed, we can't get through from one point to the other any time during the day, and we're not told that church heat is fine. So I live in a, in a parallel universe. But so much from structure. What I do know though is that there's a statement made that air quality assessment has been made, and that troubles me a little bit because um, we can't get an air quality assessment done for Saffron Walden for the local plan yet. We've tried it, was, it was chucked out of scrutiny about three, even three months ago. Um, so we don't even know ourselves what the air quality con uh, situation is in Saffron Walden, so I'm glad the admin has got that. 
Um, this, the third issue I've got, I'm just going to was the question of ecological impact. And we've discovered today, or well, I've discovered today, the eight different species of bats. And we're told, in fact, that there's such a rare species of bat that, in fact, it's going to find its way by using road signs. Um, if you look at the loop over there, the bats living in the bushes over there, I don't see how they get out. If I'm a bat, I've got to turn left and go through houses, turn right and go through houses, go straight on and go through houses, or I've got to find my way through. And I think signage is going to be very important there. So, a lot looking after bats. Um, the third thing, of course, is the question of, of traffic, and I'm afraid I, I, I have to look at highways here. We need consistency. We're told in the space of a couple of months, on the one hand, it's detrimental to highway safety to have an exit, and then, and then literally a couple of months later, it's safe and suitable. Let's pick one, shall we? Um, but then finally, and I think we have to come to some, some sort of conclusion. The issue is about open countryside. I'm afraid there we did go there. We looked at it, we saw it, and the question is, does it have a severe, severe impact on traffic? And, and on, it does it have an impact on, on the site and, and the entrance to Saffron Walden? And I would suggest that I would, I would follow what the UDC said themselves um, in saying that even if there were not a five-year um, supply of housing, it is considered that the adverse impact of development significantly and demonstrably outweighs the benefits and planning permissions should be refused. And so I would suggest, really, we should refuse this. It's just wrong. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, this happens to be in my ward, so I, I know it very well. Uh, and I'm afraid I have a few more comments than I would normally have when making a representation. Uh, but going through, in no particular order, once again, um, the loss of hedgerow would be regrettable. I think it's essential to get a decent line of sight uh, for the egress and ingress to this site, but removing hedgerow, of course, removes the wildlife that goes with it. And in my own experience of living in this part of England, the level of wildlife has gone down substantially, so I would be opposed on that basis. It's also the loss of farmland. This is good quality farmland. It's being turned into dwellings. Dwellings outside the town development limits. I know they don't apply anymore when it's convenient for them not to apply, but actually, we have the 2005 plan, and this would be outside of those development limits. Um, the Ashton Road junction for traffic is uh, material, it's highly material. I attended almost all of the sessions of the inspector's um, uh, session uh, in December 2014, and at that point it was admitted by Essex Highways that if the uh, developments went ahead, and they have all pretty much gone ahead, then we could expect queues along the Ashton Road as far as home base. Forget about queues along the Ashton Road. The evidence was, the evidence presented, as far as home base at peak times. Now, that's traffic that's not moving, which means that traffic coming out of the Little Warden Road would not be moving either. And faced with those situations, of course, you go north, across Hadstock Airfield to Linton, where, Chairman, I used to live for several years. Uh, as um, my fellow councillor, Councillor Coote, very ably stated, these roads were built in the times when uh, Hadstock Airfield was a USAF base. I think they flew light lightnings out of there. Um, they haven't been improved since then. They've been metalled, but that's about the limit of it. Uh, and there is a substantial junction to get onto the road going north to Cambridge or south to Haverhill, uh, a substantial queue at that junction at peak times, and it can only be exacerbated by people leaving here. Uh, and, and if they work in Cambridge, that's certainly the route they would take. 
it's very easy to get onto the M11 and the A11 once you get up four wentways, it's just a slightly longer way around. Um, there's also the issue of visibility. It impacts, this will impact the sense of place of Saffron Warden, there's no doubt about that. The nice thing about Saffron Warden, indeed Essex as a whole, is that you suddenly arrive at a settlement. You suddenly get there. Um, and many places aren't like that. You get suburbs, you get a sprawl before you arrive. That's not the case here. And I don't want to be part of the body that causes it to become like other places. It was ably pointed out that the boundary to the north of the site, that woodland, is not within the uh, gift of the developer, and so it could be taken away at any time. It's not conserved woodland, uh, as far as I'm aware, and so it could vanish and be turned into something else at any time, so it's not within their gift. And the other thing is that much is made of five-year land supply, and I think the five-year land supply is a bit like the stock market. I think we should have a ticker tape across the top there telling us what the latest 5% land supply is. Of course, it does vary massively. Somebody builds a house and sells it, oh dear, that's one off the land supply. You know, somebody grants consent for 10 houses, great, that's 10 on the land supply. And it really does almost vary day by day. So if we turn this down, councillors and officers, and I hope we do, if we turn this down, the argument that we don't have an adequate land supply could be specious by the time it actually comes to appeal. We could restore it by then, it could be over five years, who knows? It goes up and down, it's like the weather. Um, also, Chairman, as I say, this is in my ward, so I'm very familiar with it, there's a lot of material information. Um, when it comes to bats, these are very unusual barbastrel bats, and you can be convinced about this, of course you look for them by um, modulating the high frequency noise that they make, and um, coal, sorry, not noise, and you can identify bats very accurately from this. Now, the church in, in Saffron Ward and St Mary's, of which I'm a member of the property committee, we take extreme measures to look after our bat colonies. We have about 60 families of bats living in the choir, and we look after them very carefully indeed. They're not this rare bat, they're the ordinary common or garden pipistrel bats, so it's not the same. Uh, but everything we do in that church, everything and anything that we do in that church, we have to actually take account of the bats. And when we find them on the ground, of course the babies, once they land, they can't get off the ground. We put them back in a high place, give them some water, and they always sort of get to the wing again. So it's just building a few um, bat crossings. I've never heard of a bat crossing, but I suppose they must exist. I don't think it would do the business. It would do the business as far as the developer's concerned, enables them to build the houses, but I have no evidence that it would actually do what's required for the actual bats themselves. There's a lot more we could say, Chairman, I won't. Um, I think it's a very bad application. As soon as you build on that side of the land, you change the sense of place, and you open up the opportunity of building on the other side of the road, sorry, not the land. As soon as you build on that side of the road, you open up the opportunity for building on the other side of the road, and so we'll see more houses along here, not just the initial 85. And I certainly support everything else that's been said about an inadequacy of facilities. The point is, Chairman, that developers sell a dream. They sell Saffron Warden as it was five years ago, before it was covered with houses. You can't get into the schools now, you can't get into the doctor's surgeries. So these developers will sell a dream which will no longer exist by the time those houses are built. In fact, it no longer exists now. Uh, and the developments are part of that. So I do hope that the committee uh, can agree with me on this and actually uh, throw this application out. I'm not worried about the appeal. By the time we get there, the land supply will probably be over five years again and it will be mended. 
Uh, I, but I do think we should turn this application down. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, a, a comment I'm going to make about that five-year housing land supply, and I think Mr Brown can back this up. It's going down. We have a deficit. We have a shortfall. We will never, ever make that shortfall up. It will only come because we go into new, new areas and start building our new settlements where we actually pick that back up. And at the moment, we have a shortfall, and that is a prime planning consideration. Councillor Hicks, were you wishing to say something? Thank you, Jim. Uh, I suppose uh, I, um, with an application this kind, um, we, we have to consider uh, where housing can reasonably be, be built in this day and age. And quite clearly, one of the obvious uh, routes for um, placing convenient new housing is on the edges of our towns. Um, uh, currently in Dunmo there are two sites in development at the moment which are um, uh, where building is starting to take place. There was ex extensive local opposition when those applications were made and um, they uh, uh, Nevertheless, those applications were granted and those sites on the edge of that town are now um, becoming developed as housing. And, and in 10 years' time, they'll be part of Dunno and people will have forgotten about the fact that there'll be a new edge of town and no doubt there'll be pressure then about um, uh, building more houses on the edge of the town. But so the reason I have um, uh, gone on about that is that this, to me, appears to represent an edge of town site which has a good deal to commend it. it um, uh, we, uh, we did a site inspection this morning and uh, uh, Councillor Freeman was kind enough, kind enough to take us to a very suitable vantage point where we could look across towards Saffron Warden and in my view, um, a development of this kind in that particular field, well uh, shielded by uh, hedging, um, would be, a, a, for me, an ideal site. There were, when it came up the first time, it seems um, valid reasons for refusal, and hence it was it's currently um, under appeal. But uh, those um, objections seemingly have been overcome. The experts um, on the bat population now seem satisfied that the revised plan for the housing uh, has made, taken account of the um, safe passage of the bats through their, um, whatever they do during their um, <laughs> nocturnal uh, ex uh, passage around the area. So uh, that seems to have been disposed of. Highways now say they are satisfied with the, uh, uh, what, whatever amendments were uh, made to the um, uh, proposals in that respect. And so uh, it, I, I find it difficult to, um, 
and, and I keep hearing the word this is not sustainable. Any um, development of this kind which is as near to a major town, which Southern Warden is, in, our, in the terms of Athelsford, it's a major town. Um, it's, uh, that town provides all the facilities and uh, um, requirements. Um, admittedly, I, I hear all the arguments about schools being overcrowded, about uh, surgeries vanishing, and, and, and um, medical services, all sorts of uh, things being put forward as problems. But those problems are common wherever housing is placed. So I don't think they carry a great amount of weight, in my opinion. So all in all, um, I tend to um, feel that this is a, um, a, now is a, a very reasonable proposal. Uh, it's providing... Um, much needed affordable housing and it's uh, adding to the um, uh, council's uh, um, stock of um, uh, housing availability which will uh, improve that figure which has been in dispute for most of today and, uh, and uh, so chairman I would like to make a proposal that we um, uh, approve this application and um, I would like to Thank you. Does have a second there. Does that find a seconder, that proposal? I'll second it from the chair. So um, any other further comments from members? Councillor Mills. <coughs> Here we go again. Okay. Um, in some ways similar to the first application today, um, both based on landscape positioning. Um, my bottom line to this is that if we found the reasons to refuse this on the 23rd of December, and it's, as far as I can see, almost an identical application, I don't see how we can not refuse it again. I just think that uh, the fact that a different consultant has done the traffic analysis, it's still 85 houses through exactly the same entrance. I don't see that anything has materially changed. The fact that they're willing to give Saffron more than half a million pounds to improve bits in the centre or something like that isn't really a consideration for us. I, I just don't see that that is irrelevant. Um, the ecology, okay, they've relayed out the, the plan and, and it may be better than it was, but I still find that the reasons we refused it for in the first place are relevant. Um, is it a sustainable location? I agree with what Eric's saying. I mean, we've got to build on the edge of the developments because that's the only place we've got. But is it sustainable given the size of the roads? and the location of the traffic coming back into Saffron Warden, the schools and everything else, I find that uh, I have to vote against this application. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to ask Mr Brown to uh, confirm something for us. Thank you. We can all be amateur ecologists and we can all be amateur highway engineers. The ecologist has raised no objection to this proposal and that has been put forward and has been analysed. That's what, and then and we'll go back to what the speaker said for, for, the, for the applicant. They came to address the, the outstanding technical issues. One was which was ecology, and the other with which was highways. Um, highways have now had that additional information. I'm not hiding behind highways here. Highways have raised no objection, which means they will not be able to defend the appeal once we go to July. So the highway refusal reason cannot be defended. The ecology, I mean, I don't think we can down the ecology. And I will pick up Councillor Hicks's view. If a development on the outskirts of a town is not sustainable, 
then let's not have any houses. That's what the difficulty problem is. That the, what the, the road descriptions that we've had between Saffron Molding and Linton is, is duplicated everywhere else. It's, it's, it's everywhere else. You have towns, you have countryside, and you have roads connecting to them. We know that our roads are not, you know, are potholes and they're not up to standard. There's nothing special about, nothing necessarily substandard about that road compared with every other single road. I'll give you Dumbo. And I think Councillor Hicks's description of what's gone on in Dumbo, I think he's probably understated the amount of development that's been approved in Dumbo. Not as constrained historically in terms, in terms of its centre, but still served by poor quality roads. It's got the A120 as opposed to the M11 going right next to it, but that's, that's the difference between the two. And the five-year land supply is not in dispute. We haven't got a, The only dispute is how much below the five years we've got. And until we start approving planning applications, that will go backwards. And that is clearly where we are now. So the, the discussion here is simple. You have an officer's report, and the one thing about the landscape impact hasn't changed. There is a landscape impact, which the officer has accepted. Um, you know, it goes against Gen 2 in terms of its impact on the countryside. But we feel the five-year land supply and having to supply of houses outweighs it. It's as simple as that, to be honest. In terms of, you know, we do not, we're not questioning it has not got a landscape impact, but we, we, we do need to start approving developments, new developments, as well as getting other houses. Some of those sites in Dumbo are blocked, and so we need to unblock those, and we're beginning to unblock those. But the, the bottom is we do need to get a five-year land supply going, and that will mean approving houses. And, and then the other issue that we've got is outside the development limits, that is not an argument. We cannot use that as an argument whilst we haven't got a five-year land supply. Mr Brown, Councillor Freeman, you wanted to come back? Yes, thank you, Chairman. I, I, I will be brief. Um, but it's very, very interesting. Your, uh, I think Councillor Chambers is trying to attract your attention. Yes, I've got him on the list. you got him, OK, yeah. fine, good, good. Um, uh, I, I was very... I, I was very um, interested in your statement that we cannot fix the five-year land supply, and I have attended all the various workshops and whatevers that we've had on this matter since I'm on this committee. Uh, and I can see the argument, and it's a very good argument, it's a very sound argument. But, Chairman, can I say that this is rather like you're in a boat that's leaking, a dinghy, and we're going to bail it out with a ladle which is what this 85 houses are. We'll bail it out with this ladle, then we'll use the ladle again, or maybe no, 50 this, houses. This is a bung. Okay, it's, it's a bung. But, Chairman, community. what we need... But it's a bung, not a ladle. Thank you, Chairman. Um, but what we need is a decent-sized pump. And we've got at least two of those from conversations we've had, which are actual new settlements, big ones. And what I think, Chairman, is what's the point in consenting... 50 houses here, 85 houses there, when actually we should be consenting thousands of houses on particular sites around Uttlesford. That's the solution to the five-year land supply, as you've just said. So we ought to get on with that, sir. No, that, that's the longer term. The short term is we've got the problem. The longer term, those new um, development sites won't be coming on stream for probably another five, eight, ten years in order to affect the uh, housing land supply. That's a problem we are living with, that everybody is living with, and everybody is living with the consequences. Councillor Chambers. Thank you, Mr Chairman. It's always extremely difficult when you have something like this, but um, certainly I would agree with Councillor Mills in, in as much as 
I understand what the officers are saying, but I can't see when you make a decision five months ago that you're looking now to reversing that decision. Um, I personally, uh, and I know some people won't like this, but I personally believe that Saffron Walden has got to grow, whether we like it or not. My preference is that it's the other side of the town, not this side of the town, because you need to be able to actually stop development somewhere. Now, my views are quite well known. I do not want them towards Audley End. I do not want them towards you at Little Walden. But if I had to choose somewhere, I would go up Flaxford Road. I think everybody knows that. If they don't know that, well, they do me. But I don't think this is a suitable site, and I don't see any reason why we can't refuse this again today. It is going to appeal in July. We will then see what the um, inspector thinks of this particular site. I know we're, we're, we're ducking out of it, if you want, but we are doing our bit in saying to you, we don't believe this is the right place to have it and therefore we are going to refuse it. So I will be voting against it, Mr. Chair. Right. Uh, Councillor Brown's going to correct you on something, um, Councillor Chair. You, you, need, you need to be very, very careful. Just because there is an appeal in July, we will not be able to defend a highway refusal reason. And we will not defend a highway refusal because we can't on that particular appeal. And that's the same highway network because we would not be able to defend it, and that will be an expensive that will be an expensive uh, situation, and that would be very foolhardy. Um, the issue, the other issue, you know, the other issues regarding ecology, that will also be very foolish because that is the reasons why that has been refused. And to try to, to just rely on a July one and let's let us kick the can down the road and let's this one, this one what potentially will happen? Well, this one will be lumped in. We will potentially lose our plan. We will probably lose our planning expert witness in terms of that because she's sat here and she's determined this application, and so therefore, on that particular application, we would need that's that's a serious problem. So it is foolish to rely on the on the July appeal. Let's just kick it down the loud band. It's a simple issue. The one thing that the five-year land supply changing is a significant issue, and there is a simple issue here. If members feel that the the situation. One thing that hasn't changed is the impact on the landscape. That's the one thing that needs to be So if members want to go down, and I'm, I think we need to be approving some applications shortly, otherwise this situation is going to get worse and worse. But it doesn't matter because a lot of them will be allowed on an appeal anyway. And that will cause us another problem in terms of intervention because we need to start approving houses within this authority because if we don't, and a too much high proportion of applications get approved on appeal, which is beginning to worry me, then, then we can get intervention on that particular issue. So members need to be mindful. But on this particular case, the one thing that hasn't changed is the issue regarding the landscape. And so if people feel that the landscape impact is not outweighed by the five-year land supply, which is a given, because we're not going to contest that issue either, then refuse it on Gen 2 in terms of impact, impact, impact out of character, etc., etc., etc. It's as simple as that. If members feel the weight goes that way. If you're throwing highways at it, that becomes a very difficult argument that we will not be able to run with. Right, Councillor Mills, <clears throat> I appreciate we can't run with highways, we can't run with the ecology, so we're going to have to run with Gen 2, okay? But also, and I think I'm going to speak for all the committee here, we're sort of over a barrel here to a certain extent because the appeal's coming anyway. 
Um, the statement from the agent, uh, Ms Fitzgerald, basically said that, oh, well, if we were to you know, accept it today, then we would save the cost next time. I don't particularly like having a gun put to our heads to the point whereby something's being said whereby, well, if you don't do this, you're going to incur more cost. We appreciate that, but we've also got to represent the communities and the people that we represent to a certain extent. So I appreciate that we're going to refuse, we're going to go Gen 2, and we'll see where we go from there. But I should also add they have submitted a new application to give you the opportunity to try to address the situation and clarify the means of competing. Can I just make one comment? I mean, we, we've seen various Gladman appeals. <coughs> Backstead, Clavering, we've got one in at the moment. Their normal way of operating is to put a second application in, ask the inspector to deal with that second application at appeal. And therefore, if the, effectively, that gets rid of the reason for refusal on the first application and appeal. So that is likely to be the way that it will proceed. So, as I said, you, you, you are on very dangerous ground to bring in new reasons for refusal. So you would have to, very, you'd have to stick to that, um, the Gen 2, effectively. Yeah. And, and simply on the five-year supply, that, that has changed. The, the whole reason that this report has changed in terms of the way it's being recommended is because it has very, very lately become very clear that the council does not have a five-year supply and will not be able to defend a five-year supply. Um, I'm going to, there is another appeal coming up where we have exactly the same situation and this will be a second one. And there are several appeals in the pipeline that you have as an authority where decisions have been made on the understanding there was a five-year supply but where you will no longer be able to argue that you do have one. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Uh, well, I, well, I'm worried about this, if you like. It is lovely. There's no doubt about that. It's, it's beautiful. I think if we go to with Gen 2, we'll be on sticky ground because it's only paragraph B that uh, applies to it and the rest doesn't. This is an outline planning application so we can't go with anything else. Um, and uh, somebody, one of the speakers said, and I agree with him, we need houses, we need affordable houses. On here, we have 40% affordable homes. Uh, and those of us who have kids, well my kids have grown up, and can't get mortgages and can't afford houses. That's very important. Suffering Warden is lovely, but it isn't sacrosanct. And it, if we need houses, we have no option, we have to build them. We're an overpopulated district, we're an overpopulated country. And for that reason, we need to build homes. And it's unfortunate that some of them have to be built on uh, greenfield land. Most of the land in Uffersford is Grade 2. Um, I live in Stansted, where farmland has been built on, or is being built on, uh, at the entrance to the town. It's not as pretty, I know that, as Saffron Warden, but the people that live there like it, 
and they had to put up with it because they had no choice. It went through planning. Elsinum, there was, two, there was a site on two sides of the road which the planning committee, uh, I refused that for the same reason that Saffron Warden uh, people want to refuse it because it's the entrance to the village and it looked nice. In the end, it went through because there were no good reasons to refuse it. My only uh, worry about this application is that the schools are full, like uh, uh, people have said, and the bus service is dreadful, uh, which could, I suppose, be called unsustainable. But I'm not going to vote against it because of that reason, because lots of people walk to school or use their cars. Looking at the picture there, it's very close um, to the settlement. It, it, you know, those people walk, they don't have the bus service either, and they don't seem to have rushed to move. So um, I'm sorry, I will be voting for this for those reasons. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. I've probably said enough, Mr Chairman. Uh, I'm quite happy if it goes to the vote. Okay, thank you. Uh, we have a proposal. Um, my thoughts are that um, this is what we need to consider. This is an outline application. Highways have no objection to the only point that we're being asked to consider in, in the approval if we go that way, and that's the site entrance. The sight lines can work. Um, yes, there's a loss of hedgerow, but that can be mitigated by replacement hedgerows. And wildlife recovers. You look at a mo motorway edge, you could not have, have a more hostile environment yet you'll see kestrels looking and waiting for mice to move. Um, so it, it, that's a, a, a misleading uh, attitude to take, I think. Wildlife is, will recover. In terms of the biodiversity of the site, we have a landscaping condition. Um, I'm not sure how much more strength we can put into that if we, um, if we can to make sure that all the mitigations are there for um, the type and the nature of the landscaping that goes in there. It's going to come back for approval as a separate matter. Um, I can't understand, which is a personal opinion, but there's been plenty of those flying about, so I can't understand why people in social housing have less cars. Um, I've got a family of two. I've got two cars and I live in a social house. So I'm going to stop all of that. Um, school. Essex County Council have an obligation to provide a school place for every child in the county, and they do. There is a contribution here of £600,000, I think, to whatever it was, for the education contribution that this application will make. Um, so, you know, that's nothing we can control. We know that the houses have got to be built, the houses will obviously have children involved, and we have secured a contribution to improve the education situation. So, we have a proposal for approval which has been seconded. All those in favour, please show. All those against? So, that application is refused. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not oh, sorry. No, sorry. No, no, I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. Sorry, <laughs> I made a mistake there. Thank you, Mr. Brown. That application is not approved. Therefore, I need a proposal for refusal. And your reasons? Now I know where we are. I can help you out now. 
because you're just going back to the previous refusal reasons. Now, there were four of them, and I suggest we only pick two of them up. The previous application was the site of this, the development of this site is open countryside, it would be mutually, visually intrusive and would have a harmful effect upon the character and appearance of this area of the countryside. We've put policy S7 and Gen 2. I think it may be worth... We're using Gen policy 7, S7 in the context of harm to the countryside, which needs to be backed up by Gen 2, because... S7 is not necessarily what that's about. We're not refusing it because it's countryside, we're refusing it because of the impact on the countryside, which is not our way. And the second one which we do need to do is the condition four, which is a normal one when we approve larger developments, is the development fails to make provision at the appropriate time for affordable housing, community facilities, school capacity, public services, transport, etc. Because we're refusing it, we haven't got a 106, so therefore what we need to ensure by having that refusal reason, that when we go to appeal, or the current appeal as it's going through, this will be latched onto that, we'll get a 106 rolling. So I suggest we do it for those, the previous refusals, one and four, which is S7 Gen 2 and lack of infrastructure in terms of 106, and I would leave it at that. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I'd be right. delighted so to do that find a second, Can I ask for guidance, please? Yes, of course. Um, what Mr. Brown is saying is that we must identify those two grounds on which we can win, and I think that sounds fair. My concern is that with the application for, for appeal being pending for a couple of months' time, if we don't raise those same issues now, effectively what we're doing is waiving our right to, to complain about those in the same judicial tribunal. So my concern is, shouldn't we, include, shouldn't we in fact mirror those rather than to, to in fact obviate the need for defending no, those we, points? We want to say we're not going to raise the parts two and three because, you know, we want to alleviate that issue in terms of raising issues over highways and raising issues over uh, ecology because if we say that we are going to raise it, then quite rightly the appellant will have to, to defend those quite rightly. They will raise those and we won't be able to defend them because our two experts, quite rightly, well, you know, from the advice I put in. So I would, we are, by doing this, you are removing those two refusal reasons from the previous refusal, because the proposal is the same. The submission is slightly different. Well, much better, sorry, Mr Chairman, yes. much better uh, winning if we go for things that we're on stronger ground with rather than two reasons which, quite frankly, have been um, dealt with. So stress less weak, I need you the second. Councillor Fairhurst is seconding that. Um, so then we shall go to the vote. All those in favour of refusal for those two reasons, please show. And those against refusal? So the application is refused. Right, yes, we're going to have a five minute comfort break if uh, the public doesn't mind. Thank you.
I think they probably thought they were going to lose the yeah. it didn't matter because they got the pills coming in. She said, you know, she made them the offer, maybe some money. Okay, we're going to resume our meeting. Thank you very much. Uh, with item five, application 170188. It's an application for full planning consent on land adjacent to the Hazel, Hazels in Clavering. And Luke Mills will make your presentation, members. Thank you, Chairman. The site is located off Wickham Road in the hill green part of Clavering. It comprises an undeveloped parcel of land. Here it is shown in green. The proposal is to erect two detached dwellings which will be served by a single point of access and a shared driveway. The street scene at the top of this slide shows the relationship of the proposed dwellings with neighbouring buildings. These two here are the proposed dwellings and then the neighbouring properties to either side. For the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that planning permission be granted. 
This recommendation is reinforced by the recent reduction in housing land supply, which ensures that weight must be given to the positive effect of new housing. That's it, is it, Mr Mills? <laughs> You're going against the whole tenor of the day. <laughs> right. So I can finish with sweet before you finish. Right. Uh, we have uh, two speakers, the first of whom is for Clavian Parish Council, that's Stephanie Gill. You have three minutes, Stephanie. Thank you. Um, the document, the recommendation that's been placed in front of you, actually states that in June 2016 an appeal was dismissed following the refusal of an application on this site and that the development differed from the current proposal with regard to scale and depth. I am not a planner, as you all know, but I will put forward simply comments which have been made by planning inspectors for the appeal decision at this site, the appeal decision on a site just a few plots away down the road, and one other in Clavering. I am purely going to quote inspectors. This part of the Wiccan Road is lined by hedgerows, as you saw on your visit probably today, and irregular shaped housing set in plots which vary in width and which contribute to the rural appearance of the area. The appeal site and the land opposite are green and undeveloped. Overall, the appeal site and this particular sorry, part of Wickham Road has an open character and is distinct from the more built-up part of Clavering. The site appears distinct and part of the countryside outside the development limits of the village. And so, with bearing in mind you've got uh, no five-year ha uh, housing supply, I'm going to NPPF. Paragraph 49, this is still the quote on the inspector's paperwork, has 249, paragraph 49 has two elements and regardless of the position of housing supply, any development should be considered in the context of sustainable development. This inspector said at 22, the economic and social benefit of the support to local services and contribution to the housing supply created by the appeal which was for two houses, would not outweigh the harm to the countryside that would be caused by the loss of green and the open site. I know you've got um, a condition, read the submission of a biodiversity statement for the site, but in that same appeal, there are no he, the uh, inspector could not be satisfied that sufficient measures could be taken to provide greater opportunities for biodiversity than the site in its current undeveloped, undeveloped form. As the development would cause harm to the intrinsic character and beauty of the countryside, it would not constitute sustainable development or appropriate development in the countryside location. Moving to the appeal further down the road, which is actually being carried out at the same time as the first appeal on this site, that inspector stated, that it is, as we know, outside the development uh, settlement boundary. The framework has a more nuanced approach to development in the countryside, seeking to encourage de development that supports the vitality of the rural areas whilst re recognising intrinsic character and beauty of the countryside and the need to promote travel choice. That inspector stated that just two or three plots along the road Harm arising from the proposal would have to significantly demonstrably outweigh benefits. Net increase of, would be a small contribution to the rural housing supply and that it only affords limited weight. 
the economic benefits of developing it also and the contribution to the local economy from the spending power of few occupants is unlikely to be significant. I appreciate I've gone over my time, but the only other, if you want me to carry on, and I can see Nigel looking cross at me, so I'm going to stop. But I would just like... <laughs> I would just like to say that the conclusion of that developer, that, sorry, that inspector, as I say, only a couple of plots along on the south side, is that uh, proposed development in an isolated location, this one actually refers to this area as an isolated location under the MPPF, results in inherently, inherently harmful effects and would harm the character and appearance of the area contrary to national planning policy and therefore insufficient to outweigh the conflict and also therefore not, does not accord with the framework. I, you've got all those, I hope, on your files Mr. Brown, but I will have them here if you wish for them. Thank you very much. Thank you. The other speaker is the agent, uh, Mr. Bill uh, Banks. Hey, oh. hey. Sorry, Edward. Thank you. I should have checked with you earlier, saw your name wasn't on there. Um, you've got five minutes, uh, Councillor Oliver. Thank you. And just to say that there may be some repeats. The parish chairman has said as well. Right. This site has been subject to many applications over the years, the most recent of which resulted in an appeal which was dismissed in June 16, only 11 months ago. The main issues of that appeal were the effect of the proposal on A, the character and appearance of the surrounding countryside, and B, whether the proposed dwellings can be justified having regard to the developing development plan policies for development in the countryside. So what has changed for the officers to recommend this site for development under, under as I say, 11 months later? That application was for two, that the original, the last, the one that went to appeal and was thrown out, that application was for two properties with garages. Those properties were to be near the Wiccan Road, served by one entrance. That's the difference between this application and the one dismissed, is that the original development was for a house and a chalet bungalow with garages with car parking in the front of, of the properties. This one is for a chalet bungalow and a bungalow without garages although how long that will exist if this grant is granted permission. So very little differences. In paragraph 11.1 of your report, we are told the site is beyond the development limits for Clavering, that the proposed site, that, that the proposal does not represent sensitive infillings in the context of policy S7, and that residential development on the site would be in conflict with with policies S7 and H1. It has been noted in the 2016 appeal, it was stated that the appeal site and that part of Wickham Road had an open character and is distinct from the more built up areas of Clavering. In fact, the inspector went on to say, the site appears distinct and part of the countryside outside the development limits. The, the, the inspector in his penultimate, in, sorry, her penultimate paragraph, Included, and I quote, 
However, the economic and social benefit of the support to local services and contribution to housing supply created by this development would not outweigh the harm to the countryside that would be caused by the loss of the green and open site and the introduction of inappropriate form of development. The final paragraph stated, as the development would cause harm to the intrinsic character and beauty of the countryside, it would not constitute sustainable development or appropriate development in this countryside location. We've heard a lot about sustainability today, and this site has already been said, as already been said, is outside the Clavering Hill Green development area, development limits, which is not really surprising. It's a long way from the main facilities of the village, the school and the shop. And I believe that it would take some 40 minutes to walk from this site to this, the school. So it's not realistic to think that, this can be, that those sites can be reached on foot. It was noted by the inspector who considered another appeal on land behind the cricketers closer to the school and the shop than this one, that, there, that that site was not sustainable. He actually walked from the site to the school, and I think you're aware of that, Chairman. I think you walked with him. It is noted that the appellant is, asked, is citing the inspector on the Gladman appeal, land off the Pelham Road, as an example of sustainability. These are not comparable. The Gladman site was nearer and on the flatter road. This site includes a walk along a very busy road with a single track pavement in the middle of the walk with a steep uphill or downhill rise depending on which way you're going. This development provides car spaces for four cars. I think that's right, isn't it, Mr. Mills? Thank you. To each, which frankly will be insufficient since there is no bus service here at all beyond the school bus and the DART services. And thus, for any visit, whether to the shop or school in Clavering, train station and senior school, doctor, all in Newport, three miles away, or to Saffron Walden, six miles, will mean use of a car. Thus, only two cars each for these properties, frankly, is a bit ludicrous and will cause problems. No allowance for visitors, other members of the family, etc. Finally, I would mention that there are no garages or sheds in this plan. They will surely come, as we have seen in other developments in the village, one actually by Pelham Structures. And also, can I refer to a, a letter which is included in the Clavering Parish Council's objections to the site on, your, on, the, on the Council's comments, where the Principal Director of Pelham Structures states, for the avoidance of doubt, this application is for two houses on the road frontage. There is a possibility that if the application is successful, a further application for three more houses to the rear could follow. I have offered to attach a covenant to the title deeds of the two adjoining neighbours which would place a maximum limit of five houses in total on the land area. So actually we're not looking for two houses, we're looking for five. That has already been said by the developer. And and you've all seen a copy of the letters because if you looked at what was all the papers. The inspector in 2016 stated the garage and hard standing would appear as a continual mass of built form and hard standing. This would increase the appearance of the mass of development sp spanning the width of the site and compounding the appearance of a loss of an open space. 
What would she have said if she had been faced with an applicant for five houses on this piece of countryside? Just in passing, finally I must say, Clavering is not anti-development, having taken, and where planning permission has been given, some 50 houses to increase its stock of houses by 10% in the village in the last five years. I very much hope you will reject this application on the basis of the effect on the countryside, S7, which was drawn to your attention in paragraph 11.1. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Councillor Oliver. And we now have <coughs> the agent, uh, Mr. Bill Bampton. You've got three minutes, Mr. Bampton. Um, Chair, members, um, as most of you know, Bill Bampton from Pelham Structures, based in Langley Upper Green, the agent for the application. Um, it's quite clear the application is for two dwellings and obviously should, which is unlikely to be a, an application for further dwellings, you determine that on its merits. So I think you should be obviously determining it as two. Uh, Luke Mills, planning officer, has done a very thorough job of carefully considering all the relevant local and national policy and has recommended approval on this underused area of land. The site was subject to a previous application for two large detached dwellings. The previous application was refused by UDC and subsequently dismissed at appeal due to the size and design which were considered out of keeping with the adjoining properties which were described by the appeals inspector as bungalows and the proposed garage into the rear extended beyond the build form of the neighbouring properties. Um, I think our very able um, parish and district council have done a very good job of um, pointing out the negatives from the appeal. But obviously with every decision, it's a balanced opinion. And the balance, I think, of the appeal and the planning decision was, was based very strongly not on sustainability, which was generally accepted that Clavering is recognised as a sustainable location, but it was predominantly on design that the two-storey houses were out of keeping with the neighbouring properties and garaging that extended well to the rear of the site extended back past the neighbouring properties. And I believe that the appeal... Um, so that the um, application now overcomes all of the reasons that um, the appeal was dismissed. Um, there's obviously also the very significant issue now of the five-year housing shortfall. Um, I'm sure you've heard para 14 and 49 at verbatim, so I won't repeat them here. Um, but I would like to comment on why I think you have a five-year housing shortfall and why I think you'll find it very difficult in the short term to correct. Um, your um, housing policy in the past and most other um, policies rely very heavily on housing being provided by large developers, the, the, which is dominated now by six major companies. There's a recent white paper talking about splitting them up because they control the market basically if they supply too many houses at once the prices drop and they stop building them so they deliberately engineer a shortfall but also even if they wanted to build at the rate that you'd like them to there's insufficient skilled labor to do it and 
And I think the answer to both of those situations is small builders such as us and lots of other people in the area. 30 plus years ago, some 60% of all houses were constructed by small builders. In 2008, it reduced to 28%. In 2015, it was down to 12%. Um, with the major settlements that you're talking about, which you may need to do, um, it's recognised that large-scale settlements generally take 15 years to deliver the first house, so that won't have hardly any impact at all on your current plan period. Um, small builders and self-builders, for that matter, produce more diverse, far more attractive housing and are generally more likely to incorporate greener energy saving measures than the mass developers. They don't land bank and they deliver the houses in a shorter time frame. This sector is being starved of suitable plot with the emphasis of most local councils to opt for large scale developments. Small builders have a better track record of providing apprenticeships and training. They normally work locally and the land value, wages and profit generally feed back into the local economy. The proposal before you is one of the sites that could help in this area. A constant oversupply of small sites results in inflated values which affect the viability of small builders. I therefore ask that you grant this proposal um, but also give consideration to the problem facing small builders generally. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Benton. Okay, members, it's over to you. Who's going to kick off first? Come on, Janice. Councillor Lockman. Well, I was just going to say, uh, really, I suppose, in response to Councillor Oliver, uh, we can't really talk about five houses because we're, we can only judge what's in front of us at the moment that is the two. So I just wanted to point that out in case you thought we didn't care about that or something, because that will probably have to come back to this committee again. Would you, unless it's delegated? It will, it will go through the usual system, so I would, I would envision it will find its way here. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's for the future. Um, uh, if it was going to be recommended for approval. I if it, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to make that, that point. Um, yeah, on this, uh, there's this pathway of whatever it is running down the side. It's a bit difficult. But it says covenant for no build area and to be planted for screening also to be subject to consent from neighbours such consent not to be unreasonably withheld can you explain that in a little bit more detail for um, for people who may it's not be able to see that it's completely meaningless to be quite honest so it's <laughs> it's completely meaningless and i would put no weight on that whatsoever because it's completely out of everyone's control and so i would i wouldn't be raised run on that one at all now that, we know. That land is okay. meaningless. I'm just saying it's irrelevant. That, that land is included within the red line? That shaded? Covenant to no build area and to be planted. Yeah, it's all, issues yeah. it's all issues related to covenants, no build areas, which in reality is, is nothing that we can want to or can achieve through a, a, a planning application. Thank you. Okay. It is inside the red line. Thank you. <coughs> That's me. Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst. Well, Mr Chairman, I'm, I'm, I'm really ignorant here. I don't know why we couldn't conditionalise. Surely with the, if, it's in, if it's in the application area, you can say conditional on this f footpath being made available. It's not no? It's not we, can, we can condition a footpath provided, but we can't provide that it's available because it means, you know, ultimately that will be 
um, third-party land, which you know will become. Oh, it's not part of the land that is. Well, it, it's not something that we can control. We can control its provision, but we can't control its continued use because that's going outside. It's not a footpath. It's a piece of land identified not to be built on. Yeah. Is the principle behind it? And you can never identify a piece of land never to be built on because it's everyone's right to apply for planning permission, and it's the authority's right to determine those applications, or it's our duty to determine those applications. So you can never have a covenant. You can have a covenant that says no build, but doesn't mean anything in terms of planning. Okay. Any other comments, members? Okay. We have a recommendation. Councillor Mills, are you coming forward? Um, yes. Yeah, Luke, can we go back to the overall site plan of the village? I mean, if we look at that and we're discussing sustainability and we're looking at two bungalows in that position, we have to describe it as being in keeping with the existing form. Um, I, I don't see that we can... I understand open spaces, but I think in this instance, uh, I think it's, a, to a certain extent, a natural infill. And uh, I think the fact that it's now been reduced from houses down to bungalows, if we go to the elevations, yeah, I mean, we've now got five similar elevations along the top. So if, if the reasons for the refusal last time were the bulk, then I think in this instance we'd find it very difficult to resist. So uh, that's my two penny with anyway, Mr Chairman. Thank you. Any further comments? Well, we have an officer's uh, recommendation that we could approve this application so I'll uh, propose that we accept that from the chair would that find a seconder Councillor Fairhurst thank you in the light of no further comments being forthcoming uh, we'll go to the vote all those in favour of approval please show thank you that application is approved our next Item of business, item six, is application 170128, an application for full planning consent at Wood Lane, Birch Hanger. And Mr Theobald will make our presentation, members. Thank you. That should have been queried. You should have reported that. Thank you, Chair. This application relates to the demolition of an existing chalet bungalow and the erection of two four-bed uh, dwellings. This is the profile of the uh, dwelling development in the street scene and you can see from that that there is an existing um, quite large chalet bungalow on the left-hand side. There's a garage which used to belong to the site which is now rented and we've got plot two uh, next to that, which is a uh, two-storey but with a one-and-a-half um, appearance on the street scene with the low eaves, and then we've got a two-storey dwelling uh, adjacent to the um, sports ground, which is plot one. This is details of plot one, so nearest to the sports ground. This is plot two, nearest to the chalet bungalow to the left. There will be a carport for each dwelling within the frontage of the site, uh, shown thus in traditional style. These are photographs of the site. This is looking from the sports ground to Wood Lane and the existing quite large uh, two-storey dwelling to be demolished 
is in the foreground with the chalet bungalow to be retained, number 5A in the background. Uh, on the flank boundary, you can see some mature trees. They are subject to a TPO. They will not be affected by the proposal. A tree survey and report has shown that uh, the root system would be protected, providing uh, conditions to protect the root system was in place. Close up, showing the extent of uh, land to the rear pertaining to the uh, dwelling to be demolished. And just other uh, photos looking down Wood Lane. On the left-hand side is the um, sheltered housing scheme for UDC. Uh, a scout hut in front of the uh, dwelling site looking down to the end of Wood Lane. And this is a view from the site frontage. And this grass strip in front of uh, the site, which actually is part of the site edged red, is owned and maintained by us as UDC. And the existing entrance points you can see, which are both into the subject site, would be retained but slightly altered and therefore there would be um, a slight alteration over land pertaining to UDC. But that's a legal matter and is outside the scope of this application, but it could have some impact later on should planning permission be granted. Just general other photos. So that's the application, Chair. Uh, it's recommended for approval where there's been no uh, consultation objections and uh, it will be subject to the conditions pertaining to the report. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Fearbold. <coughs> we have no speakers, members, so it's over to you. Any comments, questions? No, we have an officer's uh, recommendation for approval. Does that, I'll propose that um, we accept that. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Mills, thank you. In the light of no comments being forthcoming, um, I would just like to be sure that if, we, if this matter is approved, that condition uh, two, when it comes in for um, approval, we try and make sure that there is uh, means employed to prevent car parking on the green parts that are left across the front. Because if we're still going to continue to maintain that, I mean, obviously, the contractors have got to leave it as they find it, but um, when it's finished... Uh, well, if we, we own that bit of green, don't we, as an authority? So I don't think it's... I think that's a message for another place okay. to make sure that it's, that it's that we cover it. Yeah. All right, fine. Thank you very much. OK, all those in favour of approval, please show. Yeah. Thank you very much. That application is approved. Our next item, item seven is uh, an application for full planning consent. It's application 15 stroke 2574. It's in Water Lane, Newport, and Mrs. Shoesmith is going to make your presentation, members. Thank you, Chairman. Um, the application site, uh, whilst it says Berrywater Lane, um, I'll I'll explain in a bit more detail. Um, members will be aware of the site. It uh, previously formed part of the care home site um, between um, Berrywater Lane and um, White Ditch Lane here. Um, that's probably a slightly better picture. You've got the greenhouses that 
uh, now been demolished on site. The plot of land that we're talking about is here. It's actually accessed on, from White Ditch Lane. Um, it did form part of the care home site um, for five market houses. Two here and three here were identified, which um, was granted outline consent. It was also uh, granted reserve matters for those dwellings on those sites. Um, since then, we've had a revised outline application for the site for the care home, which we have since um, granted approval for. As a result, um, this, site, this part of the site, which previously included three market dwelling houses, is now subsumed into the main care home site. Um, so that falls out. So the plot that, uh, plot that we're uh, looking at is here. Um, we've got um, effectively three applications. The first two applications looks at this plot here, which is subdivided into two plots. Um, so um, we've got Greenfields, which is located here. This is the first plot. Um, which forms part of this application. We've got the second plot here, and then we've got um, the two properties uh, which are existing on White Ditch Lane. Um, this is the scheme which was um, approved at reserve matter stage. Um, so this gives you uh, an indication of, of the design of the house which was previously approved, which was a three-bed detached house. Um, so this is the layout. It hasn't effectively changed much from the reserve matters. This application um, has come in full to disentangle itself from the main application site to do with the care home. Um, this is the design of the house. Again, not dissimilar to what has been previously approved at reserve matter stage. Um, and this is the proposed garage. Um, in terms of the scheme overall, um, so it doesn't uh, differentiate much from the previously approved reserve matters. It's still for a three-bed detached um, dwelling house. Um, in terms of the consultations, those are all outlined within the report. Um, the principle of the dwelling has been previously established and approved on this site, therefore is acceptable in this respect. Um, in terms of a point of clarity, um, in paragraph 11.8 regarding the garden sizes, um, which is on page um, 104, um, there is an error there. It's not as stated within the report. It's actually 291 square metres. Um, however, the garden size is still in excess of that um, requirement within the Essex Design Guide. In terms of its design, uh, the overall, overall size, scale and layout of the, and appearance of the scheme, this is acceptable and in accordance with policy. Uh, there would be uh, no to minimal overlooking uh, or overshadowing um, in terms of impact on the neighbouring amenity. Uh, there are no highways objections with regards to vehicle movements or parking. Uh, no objections or ecology, suds, contamination or ecology issues either. These are subject to conditions being imposed should planning permission be granted. Um, overall, the scheme is in accordance with policy and approval is therefore recommended subject to the conditions listed on a page 107 to 111. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, thank you, Mr Shoesmith. We have one speaker. That's the agent for the application, Bill Bampton.
three minutes, Mr. Bampton. Um, before I start, I'd just like to mention that everything I'm about to say will apply to the next application as well. So rather than repeat myself, um, hopefully you'll take that on board. Thank you. Um, this particular application, I believe, is before you because it was called in by Councillor Perry, which I believe is now left and gone. Um, in the report, there's a huge amount of planning history stated, um, which in some ways, if you try reading all of it, might have actually been confusing. Um, if I can just outline the, the parts of it that I think are relevant. Um, Outline application was granted on this site, or the broader site, including this site, for a care village, including five open market houses. It was granted in October 2013. We subsequently applied for the five houses as five individual houses rather than as five because we felt that we may need to design them for specific individuals and it would have made it easier to come back and change it. The five separate reserve matters applications for the housing element was granted in December 2014. Um, following discussions with your officers about the need to decouple the five houses from the main scheme as they could not be implemented due to the terms of the 106 agreement without the main scheme going ahead, which at this stage it was looking likely that it may go ahead in a different form. It was agreed that the best route to do this was for a fresh application to be made these were submitted, in, and these are the applications before you, in all, in the, on the 14th of August 2015, some 21 months ago. Um, Nigel Brown um, then basically, um, in discussions, decided that it may be better to decouple them um, by going for a deed of variation on the 106 agreement. Um, so it's a different way of decoupling. This we did, and this was approved by committee and then issued in April last year. But unfortunately, um, this didn't result in it being completely decoupled as there were planning conditions on the approval that duplicated those in the 106 agreement. I took further export bird advice and was advised that I could not implement the reserve matters approval. Um, and and they, they, this application and the next one are identical in every form as far as um, layout, mass, design, scale, they are the same drawings, um, apart from I think there was one minor alteration to a driveway, but, which is a, you know, a small detail. So they are identical to the ones that you've already approved and the ones that you approved the, um, the modification to the 106 to try and decouple them. So this is just purely say, a technical application to decouple it totally from what was granted before. Um, the other relevant bit as well is that the um, Retirement Villages PLC have now purchased the rest of the site. Um, you approved an application for a revised um, care village, as Maria pointed out, including the site for the, five, for the three of the five houses, but also of some relevance, the um, access to that is different to the original outline because we managed to acquire an almost derelict bungalow to provide a better alternate access rather than having to knock down two perfectly good houses, which meant the red line was different to the original application. Um, so basically the principle of developments established, it's 
identical to what's been approved previously, so I'm therefore hopeful that you'll be mindful to approve this and its sister application which follows. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Bampton. Right, members, any questions or queries on this? Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. On one of the representations, it says there are no passing bays on the road. I know that's quite a narrow road. Is that an issue? Uh, no, it's not because they are approved under applications on the other side of the road. There are passing bays being incorporated. And I think we've got a plan that identifies where they are, just for clarity. But it, they are provided on White Ditch Lane. Um, I've got a plan here. Uh, Um, as part, we've got an a site here which was granted 15 units, the Wyndham Cross site. Um, there were passing bays as part of that scheme um, which were submitted. Obviously the accesses have been conditioned as part of these applications to allow for easy manoeuvring as well. Um, but there would be passing bays located on the opposite side of the road um, along here, there would be a vehicular access just slightly further up from there. There would be a passing bay here on the opposite side of the road. There is um, there is an existing access vehicular access here, so there is uh, an opportunity to to pull in there. There is also further up, as part of the Wyndham's Cross site, um, a passing bay which has been approved here. And also, just a little bit further up north, there is the second access into the site. Again, um, that is another opportunity to allow for passing. Um, but both the application site, uh, this plot and the adjacent plot, would also provide um, pulling places as well, as well as other sites along further down White Ditch Lane as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's very reassuring. Thank you. That was that it. Yeah. Any other comments, members? No? We have a recommendation for approval subject to conditions. I'm going to propose we accept that from the Chair. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Lockman will second that. So we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. No. Thank you. That application is approved. And we move on to the uh, next application, the sister application to that one. Application 15-2575, um, identical location. Uh, Mrs Shrewsmith again, please. Thank you, Chairman. Um, again, that's the adjacent plot here, uh, plot two. Um, that was the previous reserve matter scheme that was a... Sorry. That was the, I think I, oh, I think, apologies, I think I've copied the wrong plan. <laughs> um, okay. Um, this is the design of the house which is proposed. Um, again, you can see the outline of plot one located here. Um, this plot is also a, um, a three-bed um, detached house. This is the design uh, which is proposed, again, uh, almost identical to the reserved matters applicate, 
application that was previously approved on this site. Um, again, the garage details are uh, the same as the adjacent plot. Um, in terms of um, the consultations, they're exactly the same as the previous scheme. Uh, no objections raised by statutory consultees. In terms of the design, um, again, no overlooking or overshadowing um, is, con uh, is considered. There are no highway ecological or suds contamination or archaeological um, issues subject to conditions. Again, uh, on a point of clarity, another error um, in paragraph 11.8 on a page 123. Um, this should actually read 272. Again, a massive difference to what was quoted in the report. Um, I think it's a scale ruler. That's the problem. <laughs> um, again, the garden sizes are in excess of uh, those um, required under the Essex Design Guide. Uh, the overall design, scale and layout um, is considered acceptable, therefore approval is recommended subject to the conditions listed on page 126 to 130. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Mr Shoesmith. Uh, members, you recall Mr Bampton uh, made that presentation and he ident identified it would be the same for this one. So we have a recommendation for approval subject to conditions. I'm going to propose that. Councillor Chambers, you're seconding. Thank you. All those in favour, please show. Thank you. That application is approved. Moving on to item nine, um, application 170436. Again, application for full planning consent in White Ditch Lane. And again, Mrs. Shrewsmith. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Again, um, this is the same site, although it involves both the two plots, so it's um, the whole parcel uh, for this scheme. Um, an applica this application is for uh, the erection of two detached and a pair of semi-detached dwellings, of which would be three bedroom um, dwellings. Um, this is a resubmission of a previous application for four dwellings which was refused um, recently. The reasons for refusal are outlined in paragraph 3.4 on page 134. Um, these were predominantly to do with the design, um, parking and ecology. Um, the report uh, goes through each of the points um, and addresses those in detail. So, this is what is proposed as part of this scheme. So previously this was divided into two plots. It's now subdivided effectively into four plots. Um, you have the two pairs of semi-detached houses and the pair of um, semi-detached houses located here, each with their parking uh, located to the front um, and both accessed by two separate uh, vehicle accesses um, to each set of the properties. In terms of the proposed street scene, um, this is what the, dwellings, uh, the four dwellings will look like. Um, you can see a dotted outline along here and along here. Um, this um, is an indication of the two dwellings uh, that were approved at reserve matter stage. Um, so it will give you an idea of the difference in the height and the amount of um, width that each of the dwellings will take up um, in relation to those. 
Uh, this is what the pair of detached houses would look like. And the, um, the semi-detached houses. So um, the, there's a front door to one of the properties and along the side um, it would access the, uh, the second dwelling. In terms of um, the issues raised um, previously, there is now ample parking and garden as well, which meet policy requirements. The um, street scene elevations um, show a traditional design as compared to that which was previously refused, which was more contemporary and more had vertical emphasis as well. Um, and had the illusion of being that much closer to the, the main road as well. Um, in terms of the principle, the principle has been previously accepted on the other schemes regarding the dwellings. The additional, the net gain of two dwellings is not considered to, um, to, to add significant detriment um, as a result. Um, the design and layout is acceptable, so is... Um, any impact upon local amenity. Uh, there are no statutory objections. Um, those have been addressed and um, as a result the schemes recommended for approval subject to the conditions highlighted on pages 148 and 152. Thank you Chairman. Thank you Mr Shoesmith. Uh, the speaker on this application is uh, the agent Mr Benton. Sick of me soon, aren't you? Um, <laughs> oh. um, as Maria stated, an, early an earlier application for four houses on this site was um, initially submitted. Um, well, it was submitted earlier and, and um, refused. Um, it was actually submitted at the time, almost in desperation, to try and achieve something deliverable on the site. Um, following our failure to manage to decouple um, from the main site, which you've now resolved. Um, the earlier application was turned down for three reasons, two of which were minor resolvable issues. The third and principal reason was that the officer did not consider semi-detached properties to be appropriate and the design was modern, which was considered inappropriate and also too high, although it was no higher than the um, previously approved. The current application, we believe, overcomes the earlier reasons for refusal and will contribute to the significant need and principal need for three-bedroom family homes rather than the executive market, which we believe could be oversubscribed in this area following the grant of several nearby developments of predominantly large houses. Um, the site is under offer subject to planning from a one-man band local builder who wishes to build as soon as possible so it will be delivered quickly. Um, the total floor area um, and the bulk is similar to the applications that you approved five minutes ago. Um, the semis take the form um, of, a, of a visually as a detached house and again is dimensionally I think identical to what you've just approved. Um, there were um, various issues raised regarding services um, which would have applied to any development on this site, but I just wanted to let the committee know that with our involvement with the rest of the site at the back, we've reserved the right to, put, to connect into the sewers and bring services through the main development rather than having to dig up White Ditch Lane. 
Um, there's also, if you look at where the red line is, if you don't mind, um, to the left of plot one, um, you'll notice that the hedge is actually set in from the red line boundary. And um, the reason for this is we kept that back from the bit that's likely to be built on um, to put a footpath in in future. Um, we did actually um, apply for the footpath, but we withdrew it as, as a separate application because Maria, I think, quite rightly thought it was premature because it, it connects to the new access way for the care village, which in turn connects to the broader village. But because the reserve matters for that access hasn't been determined yet, it, it's unclear what it connects to, although we, we obviously have the privy of knowing that it will connect and we know where the pavement's going to go. Um, and the purpose of that is not basically to let people from the care village come out into White Ditch Lane. It's to let any pedestrians from White Ditch Lane use that pavement to avoid the double bends at the bottom of White Ditch Lane. And regardless of you know, what else happens up White Ditch Lane, you, know, you have my commitment that I'm going to pay for that path personally and build it should I get planning consent. Because I think with the extra houses that have been granted up White Ditch Lane, it would be a, a, a major benefit. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bampton. Okay, members, any questions or queries? No? Okay, as before, we have a recommendation for approval. I'm going to propose that. Does it find a seconder? Councillor Mills, thank you very much. So we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Thank you, and that application is approved. We now move on to item 10, um, an application at the paddocks in Great Eastern. In Mrs Jones's absence, Mr Brown will make our presentation members. Thank you, Chairman. This should be very straightforward. Please, this will be very straightforward. <laughs> the application is only in front of you because it is an elected councillor, so that's the only reason why it's in front of us today. Uh, the application, this is the applicant's house here, and the proposal is for a menage in this location here. It's a completely appropriate location for this particular site. The usual issue regarding menages is issues regarding floodlighting and we have put a condition on to prevent any floodlighting because that's the issue because aside from that all a menage is, as you all know what a menage is, is just an open area of horses and uh, the visual impact is usually when you have a um, floodlighting. So the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you, Mr Brown. Do I have any comments, questions, members? Thank you very much, Councillor Chambers. I was hoping somebody else would step up to the plate this afternoon, and Councillor Mills is going to second that. Thank you. All those in favour, please show. Yeah. Thank you. That application is approved. The next item is item 11, which is a Chief Officer's report on land adjacent to Great Hallenbury, which members granted outline consent recently. Application 163699. And Mr Brown is going to do the honours. Yes, the reason why it's come back to you as a Chief Officer's report is because members have approved planning permission. And I don't really want to go through all that debate again because members have made that decision. Um, 
And I think this is, was a sensible thing to do, um, is to come in with what the Section 106 package would be and what the suggested conditions would be. Uh, there's one addition that I need to put onto the report on page... Well, there's two. There's one change in terms of the... Technically, on page 161, it is the Assistant Director of Planning. He is now the Assistant Director of Planning. Um, that's, his, that's his title now. Previously, it was Assistant Director of Planning and Building Control. And secondly, um, after seven, we need to put in monitoring charges as well, uh, just to seek the normal monitoring charges so we can monitor the 106. Other than that, I'm happy to take any questions. Are there, are there any questions, members? You can see it's quite a, an extensive uh, list of uh, 106 requirements. Affordable housing, 5% bungalows, education, financial contribution, transfer of open space, provision and transfer, provision of allotments, adequate maintenance uh, provision for the sub system and to pay out reasonable costs and monitoring fees. Can I just ask, Chairman, where, yes. where actually is this? Where is it located? This is the one at Little Hallenry behind the hotel. Okay. Yep. Great Hallenbury, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't write the report, so obviously. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a silly question, sorry. Whatever you want. Okay, so we, we have a recommendation for approval. Um, I'm going to propose we accept that. Is that fine? A second, Councillor Fairhurst, thank you. All those in favour, please show. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Is that approved? Yes, thank you. Right, one abstention. That matter is approved. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of planning council planning business.